I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, Wumi. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, friend. Um, I am very excited about tonight's podcast. Are you? Why? Why are you excited? Because I really feel like Issa and Lawrence are about to get back together. Okay. And you're excited about that? Yes. Okay. You're not into it? I want them together, but I don't think they'll be good. Okay. I I don't think they're past their own shit enough to be together again in a healthy way. I don't need this. I know it's true. <laughs> I don't need this shit. We also have a very special guest tonight who is. I was going to leave it to oh, you. Oh, you want me to introduce myself? No. But fuck yes, it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, hello. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say it. Yeah, I thought I thought Wumi was going to say it. I forget now that I'm making faces. Oh, you thought I was going to jump in? Yeah, that's what I was like, is. <laughs> but it's all good. Welcome, Adama. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, this is a long time coming because as you guys know, Adama's name comes up about every episode at least once. And these are not paid endorsements. They're just some honest experiences. So tonight, everybody gets to get like a real taste of what Adama brings to the table for free. So lucky y'all. I hope you're ready. I hope you're ready. Yeah, put on your goddamn I hope you are comfortable. I hope you have your water with you. (laughs) Because. (laughs) Yes, you you all might remember her from snatching wigs on getting grown. (laughs) Snatching wigs through people's iPhones. Come on. So you're just going to assume everybody has an iPhone? That's fine. Oh, that's fucked up. Oh, yeah. is, that, is that the issue? Is that is that the problem <laughs> with the statement? Everyone doesn't have an iPhone. Okay. Was really, um, that was prejudice. That was a microaggression against. <laughs> <laughs> I got to do better with this shit, man. That was also me having like a peak middle child moment. So I'm going to let it slide. I'm going to let it go. <laughs> But yes, you guys are very excited to have Adama. And what's even more beautiful, the cherry on top, is that she is not only a part of our tribe of, like, entrepreneurial bad bitches, like, really with their shit together, she's Wumi's <laughs> sister. So, hey! not even, like... <laughs> this is 
it's not even nepotism because Adama is just a fucking animal at what she does. So it is a pleasure to have you here tonight. Thank you, I, girl. I received that. I hope I live up to the hype, man. Well, okay. So I want to let Wumi know what she missed this evening. On this live, I took note of a couple gems. Are you ready, Wumi? Yes. Okay. Bar number one, energy over everything. Bar number two, neediness is repulsive. Oh my God. Right? I was like, oh! <laughs> repulsive is, is such a... It's such a strong word. But it's true. Think about how much you can't stand people that are very needy. You like, listen, you know. I just <laughs> know. Um, and the last one I got before I left was when you are trying to impress people, you are calibrating down. Doing it for the gram is hustling backwards, my love. That's what she said. No. <laughs> On the Instagram. Wait, hold on. The question. The question is, did you put my love behind it? That's what she said. That's what I said. <laughs> oh, alright. I had to put the Yama. <laughs> oh, okay. You know Yama will be like, ah, beloved, but really she means stupid bitch. You know. <laughs> okay. All right. It was so well said. Oh, wait, wait. I have one more. Mm, yeah. Hope is cute, but hope is not a strategy. Straight face. <laughs> right? I was like, oh, my God. It was a thing of beauty. It was a thing of beauty. And we will definitely delve into everything you bring to the table. We just wanted to take a few minutes to go through some bullshit, which was like, which is really important to me because... <laughs> I have just been dying to discuss Insecure and the Michael Jordan show with people. So, you watched the Michael Jordan show? And I haven't watched it yet. So I haven't watched it either. You guys, I, I really feel like Michael Jordan is so important to me now. Like, I get... Wait, 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 wait. Pause. Mm -hmm. No, you he's important to you now? You've met her. Like, I feel like in so many ways, I was telling Al the other night, when we watched, um, we watched the first two episodes, like, last Wednesday or Thursday, and then the second two, Sunday night, and I, I told him, I said, you know what, it's really hitting me. I feel like Michael Jordan is, like, one of the only people that really understands me. Ma'am. Ma'am. Like, his sense of excellence and shit, like, I was just like, whoa, like, he is an unstoppable force, bitch. I did not know. Let me get your I best friend, know. please. <laughs> no, I blame you. Dama, I blame you. You know why? Because I tried to tell you no. I I tried to say, we don't need to go down this road. But you know what you did? You insisted. And therefore, <laughs> we are where we are. So right. don't, don't call my name on this. <laughs> to control my emotions. When I started texting y'all the other night, it's because I was going through it, watching it. Like, I really, really love and respect Michael Jordan. I wish that, um, I wish I had a chance to really get to know him, like, when he was in his prime and doing all of that. His sense of leadership, like, I don't know. I think- you wish you had a chance to get to know him? Yeah, and to just, like, be friends. You didn't have a chance? No, I was really preoccupied with my own life. Back when he mattered. Like, I was not thinking I'm, about basketball. Okay. 
right. But the show is so good and all the basketball tea, bitch. Why haven't you seen it? What's going on? <sighs> I don't... I'm like, are you are you busy? Are you going places? I don't, I don't understand. I mean, I, I I've had a lot of orders, but that's not an excuse. <laughs> well, I can't wait to see what you think because it is so good. All of that basketball tea is crazy. What well, the thing is, I forget that it's on, and so I'll see people talk about it like on social media, but then I'm like, oh no, I'm about to fall asleep. <laughs> so. I'm not going to start this right now. Yeah, because it's like, because I want to watch it. it's two episodes and it comes on at nine o'clock and then the second one comes right on at 10 o'clock. So it gets a little hazy about 10.37, you know. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm like, I have to put it on when I have time to really watch. So that's, that's what I'm waiting for. Yeah. And especially as, as more episodes come out, if I can just binge them all, it's fantastic. Girl, what a binge. What a goddamn day. Dennis Rodman, bitch. Scotty Pippen, like, what the hell was going on there? Just all of that. It's so fascinating. I mean, let's, if we throw this too um, insecure, what did Molly's brother say? I mean, he was talking about daddies, but the point is, the, you know, these niggas are older now. <laughs> daddies are niggas too. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. That was the greatest. Because it re- it was the truth. <laughs> that shit resonated with me. I remember the moment. I remember the very day I realized my father was a nigga. <laughs> but I put all that shit together and realized why I had all these sisters and why we all looked so different. <laughs> I said, "Oh my god!" <laughs> 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 it was all here just. So it, just, it just came together one day? Yeah, it, when it hit me, I was like, wait, 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 hold, hold on. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> because, you know, they were real um, typical Black family about it. Like, you know, these we don't are have to talk about it. It just is. Are here this weekend. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. Oh, okay, cool. This is what we're doing this weekend. Totally fine. Um, <laughs> we all knew we had the same dad. But when, when that shit hit, I was like, oh, my God, wait. And so we talked about it. He basically, he gave me that same kind of conversation of, I mean, yeah, this is what the fuck I was doing out here. So, you know, be careful. Don't trust these niggas. Like, you know, you got to really just watch what's going on, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, cool. Now, did it kick off uh, about 15 years of ridiculous behavior in relationships? Yes. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. (laughs) But, you know, I figured it out and somebody married me. (laughs) (laughs) and everything's okay (laughs) yes but I mean we don't have to get into it again but you know like the years of just no conscience just doing whatever the hell I wanted like what my father said you can't really trust these niggas and I guess you know just thinking about it like wow like little shit like that kind of defines who we are it's crazy so I loved it I loved seeing that in um insecure that episode was just how do we even they, they are on top of it do we want to go around the room like how the fuck do we do this i want to know everybody's thoughts because last week was you know fantastic probably my favorite episode but yeah. or you know up until now but this week's episode was really good i saw somebody um on the internet that said that the show was dry and i didn't know what to do with myself because i didn't i didn't understand what they 
we're looking for. How is this drive? You niggers are never satisfied. <laughs> you have got to cut it out <laughs> with the ERs. <laughs> I'm talking to them. of their nigger guff man it's always a complaint it's always a complaint <laughs> nothing is good enough it's not yeah i just was like i don't I, I don't really know what to do with you but okay let's let's go through the show can we go through the show is everyone ready okay okay if you're ready to talk about insecure i want you to type in insecure Dama. <laughs> yes <laughs> come on call and response <laughs> that's how she be doing us on the live <laughs> I need the dialogue. <laughs> I'm super extroverted, child. I need someone that is not a toddler to talk back to me, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so. That was real. Okay. I, I, I was upset in that um, grocery store scene. Oh, God. Oh. Cringe, bitch. Cringe. Okay, well, number one, I cracked up at I avocado don't. That shit was <laughs> too funny to me. <laughs> and the way that she was tickled, because you know I tickle myself all the time. And she was so tickled by herself. <laughs> I loved that shit. <laughs> um but were they both just waiting to to verbally jab each other? Yeah, it was just spilling. Oh my god, we have a goddamn relationships and life experience expert on the on the phone. <laughs> we about to get the real tea. We only had to do assumptions tonight. <laughs> but yeah, I think they were sick of each other, and that they this shit was just spilling out. <laughs> it was like venom. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Dama, were you going to say something? I was going to say, I feel so uncomfortable. I, I mean, you know, I don't do well with like people not saying what needs to be said. So I was like shaking with discomfort at the fact that they clearly were both oozing with this information and with these thoughts and these feelings, but they waited till the most inopportune time and then both wanted to pretend that the other one was more wrong. It was very awkward for me. Like, yeah. we're both full adults with a whole lifetime of history behind each other and couldn't just say what needed to be said until it was uncomfortable. Like, I just feel like friends just don't speak to each other that way. And certainly not grown friends do not speak to each other that way. No, they do not. They I was just like, first of all, Molly is a trash, messy bitch. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. but, oh, okay. but, but, <laughs> I am tired of Issa couching her truth in comedy. I'm sick of it. Like, say what needs to be said without like throwing an LOL at the end. People can hear it and receive it without you pretending that it's funny because it's not. Um, I just, I'm very uncomfortable with the fact that that's Issa's thing. She says something real hard to hear and then laughs or like, let her voice trail off at the end, so you think that she was kind of joking. Oh, and, oh yeah, mm. yeah. 
I just, there were so many micro expressions and little things going on that I was just like, had I been there, I would have like wanted to melt into the floor. It was very uncomfortable for me to witness that and to be like, these are friends. They claim they're friends. I mean, we know now that's fading, but that was very hard for me to watch. My God. Yeah, because even like me and Wumi, we throw jabs, but <laughs> we throw jabs in love. You know what I mean? Like if, if she if she was to tell me that I was fucking for free weed and toiletries, I would be like, yeah, you are right. <laughs> I was doing that. I remember when I told you about this. It seemed like they had both, it seemed like they had pretended like they weren't judging each other and then just threw it out. And Exactly. I guess the difference here is like anything we have to say or any questions we have about a behavior, we'll say it in, in that moment. Can nobody hold it? Exactly. And then it's fair game. We are definitely, we have jokes for sure. One of the things I saw on Twitter was uh, some, because I, I go directly to Twitter for the commentary when I know my friends do not feel like talking right now about whatever I'm into. So somebody on Twitter said it. The, the other thing that was beautiful about it was how while they were doing that, there was a total difference in, <clears throat> excuse me, the way they were shopping. Whereas Molly was grabbing all this expensive shit and Issa was putting things back she couldn't afford. Oh. And it kind of further illustrated their differences. Yes. And their, how they're growing apart. I was like, whoa, Twitter. Yes. <laughs> I think that's a perfect illustration of like, Wumi, when you were saying that people think it's dry, people think it's dry because they're not noticing the subtleties and the little things that are happening in the show. So as someone that literally looks for like I listen for the things people aren't saying I look for the things that are very like hard to see with the naked eye and I think if you're not looking for that and you expect it to be in your face blatant all the time you're gonna miss it insecure is a, it's the kind of show you need to really watch you need to really watch it and that's a perfect example there was a lot of things that if you had been cooking at the same time or if you had turned around for a second you would not have caught that moment but I remember being like yep this is definitely an illustration of them being pulled apart. Yeah. Whoa, I got to rewatch the episode. Like, I remember it, but I didn't pay enough attention to it because I was so goddamn uncomfortable with their energy. I can't Because even, even Issa asking about how many avocados she was going to buy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Issa's like, wait, hold on. <laughs> I could do, like, three. Oh. <laughs> But yeah, that's a that is a great point. Twitter comes through sometimes. Twitter, Twitter also was like, um, and I think I, did I drop them in the group chat? But the the one where somebody, well, a couple people said Lawrence realized that he is Condola's Tasha. Yep. Yeah, that shit is one hundred. I was like, wow, this is a beautiful goddamn show. Wow. <laughs> But that's and that's part of the reason why I'm saying that um Lawrence is not ready. So Lawrence was very insecure. Did you see how insecure he was with Condola? Yeah. Like just feeling like he had every he, <clears throat> he came through and whatever he said out loud uh like at the dinner party worked, you know, to his benefit for the most part anyway. Um, but the fact that he felt like he had to be on. Mm -hmm. I Can I ask y'all a question? Do you think that Condola should have said, well, I really didn't invite you? Yes. Oh, I, okay. I thought that was so extra. 
Um, I think she needed to let him know. <laughs> I think I think that she is the kind of person who won't let things go. And so when he said that, she was she just felt like, okay, well, you know, let's just have it all out here. I didn't invite you. Because <clears throat> when she was saying that, I was like, okay, it's true. But also, it did not need to be said. She could have just let that man go on thinking whatever it was. I think she was punishing him for Issa. She's always punishing him for Issa. Well, um, that's not his fault. If you didn't say it up front. It's not, it's not my business or my responsibility. Amen. Mm. Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, but, uh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Because she noticed the chemistry at the, uh, when they met up at the coffee shop or whatever. Yep. So that was her way of saying, I'm still in control or what? I'm mad at you. I want to hurt your feelings because I still feel uncomfortable. Cause you see how they had that natural rhythm of their jokes and stuff. And then she came over, it got very awkward. <laughs> yeah, she also made it awkward. Not, she was not invited into the joke. Okay, she wasn't invited, but she didn't. She also made it clear she didn't want to be invited. Her energy was off, which is why Issa, because she did. They didn't even say, "Okay, well, we're gonna go over here on our date." They just stood there. She just she stood there like, "All right, you've got to go." That was crazy. So why would I want, where's the invitation? Where would the invitation even fit? I'm not saying <laughs> it makes sense, but I'm like, this is, pro she probably didn't like being made to feel like an outsider. Mm. Like, I mean, it's all in her head, of course, but. Oh, yeah. That's, so that's I, like, I, don't, I don't think she was an outsider. I think she's just very used to being the alpha, the dominant one, the one that's doing well. I think she's very much Molly energy. She's used to being the one that does well, the one that gets all the attention, the one that is winning. And I think for a moment, she was humbled and wasn't ready for it. So she looked at Issa like, you good? You going to get up? I think that's well, what it was. This was the other thing that Twitter caught that I thought was beautiful. They said um, the show, it, they, it was an appreciation thread for like the details. And basically, looking at Condola's kitchen let you know Lawrence is not on her level. I was like, wow, because I remember when I saw her kitchen, I said, God damn, she's so nice in Los Angeles. <laughs> that kitchen was sick. <laughs> I was like, wow, yeah, this is some next level shit. They're telling us a whole lot. Because we didn't, and we didn't see her bedroom. So we saw Lawrence's bedroom. And yep. it's like, okay, this is nice. We didn't see her bedroom, but we did see her living room. And that kitchen, like, because the kitchen was phenomenal, obviously. But kitchen, bitch. That living room was a nice space. Also, I have a prediction because when she, when he said, oh, I thought somebody was coming to fix your kitchen, I mean, fix your sink. And she's like, oh, yeah, the guy came. And he was like, oh, you got like a sink sink. <laughs> and he didn't uh, fix it. I said, oh, this bitch lying. I, I, I remember lying like this. You just gotta be on your feet. You gotta just say anything, bitch, and don't break eye contact. Say it. Why would she lie about that? Because she was with somebody else. She's not saying <laughs> about Lawrence. Maybe she was with her ex. Oh, uh, wait, hold on. What? My, my prediction is she's doing her. 
And okay, that's okay. I'm I'm trying to understand how the other person fits into the the scene. plumber story. <laughs> no, I'm just saying like um I, I won't say cheating because they're not I guess in a relationship, but I feel like she's doing her because that that just felt like a lie. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm tr- I was trying to remember if there was if um there was like some time missing. Well, on, um, he brought it up and was like, oh, I thought you said somebody was coming to fix your sink today or that day or whatever. Uh, oh, okay, 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 okay. So I'm thinking, she's probably like, oh, yeah, you can't come over today. Somebody's coming to fix my sink or I'm busy. Got I it. I, I would like to circle back to that. I, I would love to see what, what comes of that because um, saying that somebody came and was like, oh, you got a sink sink. Oh, I can't fix this. Like, I'm sure you describe your sink before somebody comes to fix Anyway. That's more of a comment that Issa would get based on where Issa is, um, like where she lives and what she can <clears throat> afford, I guess, at the time, right? Mm-hmm. So, oh, you got a sink sink. Sounds like, oh, you, you're my friend or my friend's mm-hmm. friend and you gonna hook me up. Right. We'll come check it out to hook me up, but not like an actual business. Yeah. 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 So I just I put a pin in that. I said, okay, we're gonna circle back to this. Did you catch that um, her friend, the drunk friend, said that her husband left her? Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know if that's the detail that matters, like, or uh, that will matter down the line. I think it will. But I was like, okay, does this mean this? This has to do with how sad she was feeling like is that part of what um her friend is trying to say i i would be interested in knowing whether or not he left her because she cheated Ooh, i'm i'm interested in that look at you look at you girl (laughs) that's an interesting angle i was wondering if he left her because she was too ambitious and she intimidated him that is also a possibility. I was getting that vibe from her. It's such an old trope, but it's still something that comes up. So I was wondering if that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, I got that vibe also um, when they were all talking like, oh, you don't miss a condola function. I was like, oh, she's that bitch. They got to go. Oh, because she's probably the Tiffany of their circle. She, they have to attend this. That's what I was getting from that for sure. <laughs> and uh, like, mm, it didn't feel, everyone didn't feel comfortable. They did not. I it was like, like, yeah, you're you're cool. We, you know, this is an okay time, but it wasn't like, you know, just chilling. Everyone was still performing, performing. Yeah, because I th- then they judged the drunk girl, and the, the one guy was like, "Well, you know, I'm I'm drunk too, but I can I can hold myself together." Something like that. So the guy yeah. made a comment. Yeah. Aren't they all friends? Because bitch, if I if I was a drunk sir, I'd be stretching out on the couch like you know I'm not going home, right? <laughs> exactly. First, First of all, comforter. I need a comforter for the couch. Are we all coming dressed up like this? <laughs> and then they made fun of Lawson's clothes. <laughs> Shouldn't oh, they have though? It was a terrible shirt. Wait, and 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 but remember that she told him that it was a nice shirt. She was like, "Oh, you no." She said, "You dressed up." She didn't say it was a nice shirt. She said, "You dressed up." Right. I was like, "Oh, she on some shit." I said, "Okay." Her her little pantsuit was cute. Her little two set. 
Mm. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, by that, by that point, by the time you, you got over the house, I was over, over Condola. And you know, the I was all over her before. She, okay, so um, has she not brought it up at the time that she brought it up? I would have commended her for expressing herself and like being open. But the way she brought that to Lawrence was like, <laughs> I don't even know why you're talking to me about this. <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy. Don't leave it. <laughs> what you, what you mean? <laughs> <laughs> you probably still be over there. <laughs> <laughs> when her friends was talking about when, when they were talking about like marriage and stuff and she was like oh yeah not me I don't want to be nowhere near that man looked over like uh <laughs> I was like did he not know that she had been married it seemed awkward he didn't know that she didn't have any intention he thought they were on track for something that's what was heartbreaking for me because remember he said in the car with Chad he was like, yeah, you know, since the relationship is all together, now it's the job. Like, why can't everything work? Be, at the same time? I said, he's about to find out his relationship is not together. It's not what he thinks it is. Yikes. Um, and I don't, I don't really think that he cares so much about her. I think he does care for her. Mm. I think it's more like he is ready as a man to be in a, a real relationship. Yeah, like, he got himself together. He's somebody that he can be proud of again. And he's ready to lock something down. That's I just want him and Issa to get back together. My dream ending for the... This is the final season, right? This is it. I don't think so. This is it? I don't think so. Oh. Okay. All right. So we, I, you know, I thought it was, but no one... It's not. No. They didn't announce that. Okay. Maybe season five is it. I know before this season came back, but we were still like in that waiting period. She had talked about bringing it to a close while it was on a high. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't, you know, like, please get this shit off the, off the mm-hmm. TV or whatever. But yeah, so I just, I would hope that they could close out by like coming full circle from this journey and growing into whoever they're going to be and appreciating each other in a different way. I would love to see that. I want to see them together too. I was excited when Lawrence smiled. First of all, Lawrence looks good. The fuck good. Lawrence looks the fuck good. I said, okay, yeah. awesome. I am counting. You better, you better do something over here, Lawrence. Okay. Okay. Shit. All right. Wait. He looks great. I just, I love his teeth. Like, I love when he... I love his teeth. That's, that's where I was getting to. That's that is my, my favorite thing about my, Lawrence. Those damn teeth. Oh, my God. So when he was on that couch and looked at the thing, and then the way he smiled, bitch, stop playing with me, boy. <laughs> stop playing. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> yeah, so I just, I would love to see that. I'm really enjoying Callie. I would have loved to see her and her aunts. Her whole, <laughs> listen, uh, oh, Kelly talking to her aunts now? Even the one that mm. <laughs> I said, "This I need to know what's happening yeah. up there. How many aunts she got?" It was so, it was so black. It was so black, especially to see to say even the one. Mm. <laughs> the one that fucked your man. The one. The one that fucked your the one who husband. The one. <laughs> and I love that they didn't even have to go into whatever it was because we understand. <laughs> 
Yes, that was beautiful. Did y'all see the the neighbor roll up with her son with the crown? Trina. Royal? <laughs> <laughs> I was too tickled by that. Out. <laughs> I hate seeing her on the screen. I cannot deal with her. <laughs> Trina, the the tenant. Oh. The tenant. <laughs> Listen, she says she's going to be wherever she can. Okay. <laughs> she said wherever she can, she will be there. And even like down to the Instagram names, um, Tiffany, Tiffany the wife, mm-hmm. isn't she the personality of that, the, what, that Instagram name? Let's be clear. I was like, oh my God, the attention to detail. They are on it. They are really on it. <laughs> Tiffany really gets on my nerves. She's my least favorite character by far, far, far. Yeah, yeah. Which means I that she's doing her job. I can't oh yeah, she's great. I can't deal with her at all, but there's always one in every circle. Not my circle, but just adjacent to my circle, I should say. But there's always one. (laughs) A lot of you are my customers, and I love you. (laughs) But um, the the biggest thing um, I want to talk about is just, and this is why when I feel like something is serious or has, like, the slightest like it, it could lean toward misinterpretation i call your ass on the phone because them bitches texting this is getting worse by the minute and it was just, let me tell you let me that do you girl the well, reaction i had to that shit i was like this shit, what <laughs> what do you even mean what the fuck does this even mean bitch if you would have texted me i would have called you like do you want to fight me Listen, if if I if I had seen that, I'd have been like, oh, so, no. What is the hello? Are we? Are you okay? Because Issa just oh, Thanksgiving got crazy. No, I don't, I don't what your best friend was happening. Tell her that your stepfather is in the hospital. Please. <laughs> what? She hello? doesn't actually care about her stepfather. That's why she didn't mention him. That's true. <gasps> I laughed so hard when they stopped running. <laughs> they were like, oh. oh it's just- <laughs> and they said, oh, it's just, uh, what's his name? Sterling or whatever his name Stanley. is. Stanley. Stanley. I cracked up. That magnificent it- television, bitch. <laughs> when they stopped running. I just- <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> and that's when I realized, like, oh, my God, we have never seen Issa's home life. So it was nice to see her mom. Her mom, who was first of all, her, her mom chose her sister because Regina from uh, was it Mr. High Tower? What was that show called? Mr. High Tower. <laughs> 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 the Steve Harvey show. The Steve Harvey show. <laughs> Mr. High Tower. What? That wasn't his name on the show. <laughs> I forgot. I just, I just realized that Adama, we do the same thing. I don't remember anything's name. You know who we get that from? <laughs> oh no, that damn FK. FK doesn't give a damn about a TV show's name. She won't even types of shit. Okay. What did she call it? She used to call. Uh, she used to call it um, Littleville, Smallville. <laughs> Yes, and when we called married to medicine, married to doctors forever. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't get it. 
I can't get it. She would not commit. She would not commit it to memory. Because she knew that you knew what she meant. Such and such on Merit the Doctors be like, she's like, that's not the name. She would fucking insist. Oh, okay. Y'all right. knew what I meant when I said Mr. Hightower. Shit. Yeah, that, that, that shit it resonated with my soul. <laughs> and I know she's been on other things since then, but she's going to be Ooh. Regina forever. I don't care. For the game. That's Tasha Matt. I don't care. I don't care. That's Regina. I don't care. <laughs> I couldn't receive her as Tasha Matt because of Mr. Hightower. I feel like she was so prominent as Tasha Mack that I give Regina a, a step to the side. Regina got a step to the side. That's Tasha Mack right there. Also, yeah. she looks really good, but I do not believe her as anyone's mother. Yeah, but you know we're going to get the story. Because what they don't do, they don't um, miscast. So we're going to get the story. The fact that we even got that close to her home sure. life, they're going to give us some more. Because even like Seeing that, I started thinking about okay, what, uh, what pieces of Issa speak to? I have a super young mom. Me and this bitch grew up together. I started going there immediately. Like, <laughs> oh, you have a super young. Remember they said, "Mom loves the project." I was like, "Are we getting layers?" Okay, I love it. Yeah, the father done purposely put the turkey in the pool. In the pool. On Thanksgiving? Yep, we're learning a lot. And maybe humor is how Issa processes most things because life has been ridiculous. Yeah, so she had to make light of everything. Come on, let's it, laugh. It all makes sense. Yeah. And we don't even know. We don't put that shit together. We don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I like our version. Five stars. <laughs> We got to talk about Molly and her family and how she was uh, being a bit, she was just walking around upset with her father for no reason. Is it uh, no reason? The no reason is um, my spin on it, but Molly has been walking around upset with her dad. I think that it's bullshit. <clears throat> I think that you can be upset. I, I think that you can understand what happened but you know you can be told this story about what happened in the past and have your feelings about it but it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me to hold a grudge against someone for something that was done before you were even born oh true 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 and like what what bothered me so much about it was just what if your mom treated you like that like not saying her mom knows about Joe but what if your mom didn't fuck with you for what you were doing with Joe facts like she what what irks me about her is that she never stops to look at herself not often enough it's been happening a little bit recently but seeing her interact with them I was kind of tuning it out because I was so annoyed with Molly's behavior mm-hmm. um because I just, God, I just want the best for her. She's so close to getting it together. <laughs> the thing is, her brother, this is how you know that she is growing. Because her brother addressed her. Mm-hmm. 
and she took that in and used it immediately. Right. Whereas we know a time where she would have left or, you know, like made a, a big scene or, you know, this didn't oh. been dramatic. But she was like, okay, all right, I guess, okay, let me go bring this motherfucker a piece of pie. Yeah, because you know, the motherfucker, like they've tolerated you and your shit all these years. Children are. will say she looked good as fuck in that jacket, uh, off shoulder pants, <laughs> leg situation that she had on. <laughs> there was a lot happening in the in the jacket, and I was trying to describe it, but I couldn't do it very well. So, no, thank that, you. that was crazy. <laughs> Ensemble, bitch. <laughs> I was trying to rob. I was like, Where, where's this guy? It's a jacket. Is it the pants? What, what do you like? I don't know. <laughs> she looks good. I liked her outfit and her hair and her makeup. Yeah, yeah. I really, I really liked all of it too. I did. Is that is that everything for Insecure? Any thoughts about um, Issa's brother? Yeah. I suspect that he and Tiffany's husband had a fling. <gasps> Well, bitch, that wasn't my thought. I, I, I just, how did we, let me, let me tell you why. Okay. Do you remember when they were sitting in the Mexican restaurant and he made a comment about, I'm tired of having to, something along the lines of, I'm tired of having to perform for dudes. Like they just want to get me. Mm-hmm. It made me think back to, um, there was an episode I guess, I think it was in the first, no, it was in the second season. It was after Issa and Lawrence had broken up and Issa had a party hoping that Lawrence would come to the party so she could like show off how good she looked or how well she was doing or whatever. Yeah. And there was a nanosecond of interaction between Amal and Tiffany's husband. I do not remember this man's name, but between Amal and Tiffany's husband in which Amal seemed to really try to like butch it up for a second. It seemed like, he really was like putting on an air that he's not as gay as we all know he is. And it's something that I've seen gay men do when they're around men that either they think are uncomfortable with gayness or like they think won't be able to handle them. Um, So there's that piece. I also feel like Tiffany seems to perform how well she and her husband are doing, hence the Tiffany, the wife handle. Um, There's a lot of like, her performing, that they're great, they're happy together, everything's so great. Um, but they alluded to a couple, there are a couple different moments where it seemed like she and him were not doing so great. Right. And right. they want you to believe that maybe he cheated with a woman. But I always suspected just looking at him and looking at what he tolerates off her, that there is a much bigger secret going on behind him. So seeing that little interaction with Amal, Amal performing his, like, oh, what's up, man, doing all that extra stuff, and then alluding back to it in this episode when he was like, I just want to be me, like, I don't want to have to be something else for anybody else. I know we would have to watch so many other pieces together, but I just, I've been sticking pins in different episodes where I'm like, I don't know. Something's going on with this. Something's going on with this. Something's going on with that. But I really, truly believe that something happened between those two. I'm into it. Okay. I'm into it. Because I know I definitely get that vibe. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop with Tiffany and Tiffany's husband, which is henceforth his name. (laughs) 
he, um, there's some going on. And, and like you said, with the Instagram name, that's another piece I was speaking to with knowing people like that who are just so serious about you believing that they are happy with this lifestyle. And then like, you know, after one glass of wine, it's like, I don't want to fucking go home. You know what I mean? And it's always people that do that on social media. That's what I loved about the writing that they would kind of tie that in. But I, I hadn't thought about him being homosexual, but I just knew there's something else because you can tell there's an issue there that they're trying to mask and stuff. I was surprised when Tiffany was pregnant. Like, what? How did this happen? Yeah, but then didn't they allude to um, not knowing who Tiffany was pregnant by? Or was that just an internet rumor? Oh, it was just the internet, but... Oh, okay, okay. Maybe it was just Black Twitter. I don't know. It was Black Twitter with that pregnancy thing, like not knowing who the baby was by, but we all believed it because it's something obviously happening there. Something is off, yeah. And I wonder if he said, if it was, if it was said for a reason when he was like, every time I break up with someone, I move to a different city. Remember he said that last week when they were talking about breakups and stuff and um, Lawrence and, and uh, Condola and all that? Yeah. He showed that he was like, I miss Dallas. What? That's random. You like, know who else just up and moves? People that are hiding a second life. I'm about to throw my laptop. <laughs> I'm like, oh. man, listen, listen. Oh my God. Okay. Her recaps with Adama, bitch. You getting all of it. Okay. I, I know it's very okay. subtle and it seems like a stretch, but I will not be surprised at no, all if that's what's going on. It makes so much sense. It makes sense of their disconnect. That is not a connected couple. And, and, and. A lot of men who are trying to conceal their sexuality date beautiful women. Mm. Tiffany makes a great beard. She's a trophy wife. Mm -hmm. I can do all of these things. This is true. And Wumi, you are definitely hitting a nail on the head. Right? Wow. Okay. Wow, insecure. <laughs> I'm totally willing to be wrong, but when I tell you I feel it, I really feel it. Mm-hmm. Huh. Also, I love that you said out loud, I'm willing to be wrong. Could we transition into what the fuck Adama does for a living? <laughs> that was like, I need to write that one down too. I have, I want to show y'all something. I have this brown paper bag of things that Dama said. Oh, oh, from the live? Here, yeah. Hilarious. Here's the bag. And here's some of the things that the bag says. These are like just gems, like things that you really need to know. Um, wow, god damn. Your wealth is connected to your ask. I got that from Tania. Tania said that in her live a few weeks back. What? <laughs> Read the undercurrent. Reframe overthinking into planning ahead. Things that come easily to you matter. Leverage your gifts to make an impact. We get what we prepare for. I am tired of brilliant women sitting on a gold mine, not owning their magic. Read the undercurrent. 
when you pour into people the way the way that you show up activates their minds practice owning your gifts how magnificent were those thank you for all of your support and endorsement uh, that's so sweet i love that you could not get to a notebook lord you were like this paper bag gonna get it yeah. <laughs> and now I just I keep it with me because I never know when I'm going to need to refer to it or share things with people but I mean those are things that matter and everybody's walking around here hurt and confused and social media is making us fucking worse so if there's an opportunity to share something helpful with a human adult <laughs> I'm going to do it <laughs> and you know I'm very serious about citing my sources Yes. So, <laughs> I said, you are the source, bitch. You don't need to cite yourself. But, you know, that's a whole other thing. That's a whole other thing. Yes. So, yes, who are you, Adama? Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, okay. So, I am a reformed people pleaser. I am a professional overthinker. I'm a burnout survivor. But my official title is career clarity coach at Dream Leap Live LLC. And my mission is helping purpose-driven powerhouses to get out of their heads and into their highest level of impact. So I do a lot of work around teaching women how to identify, own, and then implement the unique value they bring to the world. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I got sidetracked. I started recording what you were saying. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, that's, that's the short of who I am and what I'm about. So um, we came up with a couple questions for you to just kind of really delve into who you are and what you do. So when we, if you want, we can tag team the questions, just jump in whenever you want. Um, the first thing we'd like to know is, how did you discover that career coaching was your path? Um, I will say, before I jump into that, I will say that for a long time, I called myself the delicious living coach, not a career coach. I was really resistant to that niche because I wanted to help everybody and I was nervous about um, leaving certain people out. But I do think when I originally started coaching, it was because I'd had a series of um, health crises, including a bout with really serious, two serious bouts with depression mm -hmm. um, that I ended up crawling out of. I woke up in the emergency room with a blood clot in my lung. The doctor told me I was going to have a heart attack if I didn't get my stress under control. So like, I'm very familiar with overworking, overgiving, overdoing, um, and then having my body pay for it. So I had a couple different health crises that when I finally was willing to pay attention, I was like, you doing life wrong. Like something had to change. So I had to make a decision to stop trying to prove myself to other people and to finally live for me. So I made a decision to start designing my days around how I wanted to be, how I wanted to show up, what I wanted to do with my life. And I had to give other people permission not to like it and not to get it. Um, and when I found out that there was an entire term for that, when I found out that life design and life coaching was a thing, I basically used my background in solution focused therapy and classroom management in um, workshop facilitation and in trauma-informed approaches to make that make sense career-wise. So I jumped into coaching. I called myself the delicious living coach for a couple of years. And then when I stopped and paid attention to the patterns and the kinds of women that I was attracting with my work, I realized the common thread was 
these are powerhouses in their own right, but they're feeling really stuck around either leaving their job or building a business or transitioning in some way in their career. And so I wanted to make sure that my title spoke to that. So for the last few months, I've been referring to myself as a career clarity coach because I teach women how to set a career change in motion um, and feel confident about what's next for their legacy work. So that's essentially what got me into it. Um, so Dama, before you, before we go any deeper into what you do, um, you mentioned that you coach women and you teach women. Why the focus on women? I focus on women because I think that there are a lot of stories and assumptions about the limits to what women can have and enjoy, particularly Black women. Uh, there are a lot of assumptions about who we have to be to earn love, who we have to be to feel good about ourselves, how we have to show up. Um, and I wanted to be an example of what's possible. I wanted to be evidence of what's possible. And I wanted my life to be an example. So I wanted to work with women that look like me who may not have seen women branching off and doing a bold, audacious move career-wise. I wanted to make sure that that was available for them. I also think that men get a lot of guidance around moving up in the, on the corporate ladder or in the career world. Men get a lot of guidance around that. Men are expected to climb the corporate ladder. Men are expected to make lots of money. Men are expected mm -hmm. to do what they want career-wise and take control of their lives and take control of their time. Um, but it still feels revolutionary for women and especially for black women and especially for black women with families. So um, for people that don't know, I branched out and took my business full time when my child was six weeks old. So I, I made a decision when Nasir was six weeks old to branch out and to make my business full time. Um, and it was a decision that a lot of people couldn't get behind. They didn't get. They thought it was stupid. They thought it was wild. They thought it was crazy. But I wanted to show my son what was possible. And I wanted to really break the narrative that women have to suffer in order to succeed or that women have to um, choose either family or career. So it was very important to me that women that look like me saw me doing this so they could join me on the journey. Adama. Yes, ma'am. Um, can, I, can I say, I, um, we didn't talk about this on the live last week, but I remember vividly when we were in your apartment and you were sitting Ooh. on the couch and I was on the carpet and yep. visiting you and the baby and, um, well, you know, like meeting Nasir. Yes. So, um, <laughs> but when you were telling me about your plan and you were so matter of fact, that shit gave me chills, bitch. Cause you know, I was in the throes of just being like really overwhelmed and at my day job and stuff. But I remember when you said it and I was like, I want to do that so bad. What the fuck did she figure this out? I mean, it just really, it really hit me, and I just could not stop. Did I ever tell you that? Like, I couldn't stop thinking about it. I could I not don't think so. It. No. Yeah, and I was just like, how? How did she figure this out? Like, she must have some insane amount of money that I'm not able to save. Like, it was all kinds of shit going through my mind. Like, I would kill for that level of freedom and confidence to say, I'm not doing this job anymore. And what I loved most about your explanation of it was like, you're like, yeah, you know, I'm just letting them know I'm not, I'm not going to be back in November. I'm not doing it. 
and and it was no animosity behind it. I was like, how beautiful is this? How the fuck can I figure this out? And so that's what really kind of lit that fire where I started thinking about it. Oh wow! Yeah, I I remember that shit. I remember. I didn't know. Like, I definitely remember this moment. I know. I remember you looking at me. I thought you were looking at me like this bitch is insane. That's what I thought was happening. Oh no! Oh no! I was like, whoa, she has a plan. Like how? How is she able to do this? <laughs> what I will say is, um, I don't have a impulsive bone in my body. This was very calculated. It wasn't like I don't. I don't feel. Like I just decided and then it happened. I had been calculating this move and thinking about this move and overthinking this move for months and months and months. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was a moment when I realized that I loved the idea of the work I was doing. I loved the youth that I was working with. I loved my team, but I did not love how I was feeling every morning, trying to like pep talk myself to get out of bed to go to this job. I didn't like who I was being and how I was showing up. And I did not want to bring a child into the world and resent him for being my reason that I had to stay in a job I hated, right? Oh, fuck. Um, and I, I just felt like it, it would have been really irresponsible of me to bring him into this world and then blame him for being the reason I didn't go after my dreams. So I made a decision to like do what I needed to do in my gifting, save as much money as I could. I told myself, if I can save $10,000 by, you know, I told myself if I could save $10,000 by December 1st, then I can make a decision to leave. Um, I ended up saving that by July 1st. And so I was like, all right, cool. I can actually do this. Um, And when the money continued to pour in because I was working in my gifting, I was like, all right, there's something to this. There was nothing reckless about it. I, I'm not one of those like leap and the net will appear bitches. Like that's not my life at all. I don't, okay. think, I don't think that's wise. I don't think that's fair to tell people to just leap and it'll happen. But if people think I just made this decision, like be crystal clear. I thought about this for a very long time. I was one of those like, sometimes you need to learn the lesson the hard way. And I just felt like that news that I was pregnant and the, the depression that I was feeling while pregnant, I was like, no, no, like I can't afford to have this continue after this baby's here. So like, I need to make sure that if I'm depressed, it's not because I'm stuck at a job, I have the option to leave. So yeah. I wanted to really exercise that option. I wanted to make sure my exit plan was set. I made sure that my money was set. I made sure that I had checked in with my partner. I didn't ask him for permission, but I sold him a sure bet. Like I am a sure bet and a sure investment. I can't promise that the money is going to be consistent when it comes in, but I am going to set a goal. And if I haven't met this goal by this time, I won't leave my job yet. But if I have, I ask that you buy into this with me. And he was incredibly supportive and he, he got it. And he also knows like when I set my mind on something, when I'm serious about something, it's going to come through. Yeah. So I I got very lucky that I was continuing to promote and market and that people wanted to buy into the dream and support my vision. And that was beautiful. Um, But yeah, I, I knew, I I know how tempting it is to stay in a job because it's the golden handcuffs, because you know, you'll get the check every two weeks and you know, there's insurance and you know, all this stuff, but it was just like, I cannot put a price tag on my peace of mind. I can't do it. Um, and when I had gotten that taste of freedom and when I would gotten the taste of what it was like to bring in money on my old terms, I was like, bitch, 
this other shit is for the birds. Like, I'm not about to play myself if I know that I can try something different. So I, I put it out there and I tried. And when I went to my job and told them, my supervisor was like, you know what? This totally tracks. She was like, <laughs> she was like, girl, I knew when you, when you, a belly was super, super large. And we left, when you left for maternity break, I knew, I felt that you were not going to come back, but I appreciate you having our back like this. And, and it was like best case scenario for me. Cause I did, what I didn't do was act a shitty fool at work. I didn't talk shit to people. I didn't act like I was better than everybody. I did sometimes, you know, do my other business stuff while I was there. But, <laughs> you know, moonlighting was a thing, but I did not talk shit and bring anybody down because it really, it wasn't about them. It was about me. And so I took that responsibility and I made sure it happened. And now I teach other women how to do that because I understand the power of a well-timed pivot and I understand what it means to really map out your plan and be willing to follow a direction even if other people can't see it. Yeah. Wow. That's listen let me just um since i guess we hadn't had a conversation and let me thank you publicly because uh you lit a fire under my ass and i couldn't ignore it and it was the same thing with angel and i was watching angel just like mm -hmm. okay well, look, i'm gonna go to india this week and uh <laughs> these are the spices i brought back this is a business trip and i was i would look like wow like how the fuck this is really nice for her i, I don't think i could do this you know what i mean i don't think my life is cut out to be this way, even as my shit grew. But when we sat there and I looked up at, I looked up at you talking about it with such confidence, I was like, okay, I, I got to figure this out. I got to figure this out. <laughs> and so I think I was like just three months behind your ass. Like, I'm out. I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't stop thinking about it. But um, so thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I was... Um, really helpful i'm sure to the next person listening because our audience is is mostly entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs so i'm sure this is helping some people um for real so tell us about your process do you mean my creative process or the process i got clients through sarita what did you mean <laughs> <laughs> the process you got your clients through oh yeah okay um, so <laughs> I have, I have a framework, which is my six pillars of burnout proof living to help you design a life that you won't need to run away from, that you won't be exhausted from. But based on those six pillars, I want to break down three steps. So first I'm going to talk about the pillars and then I'm going to talk about where they fit in the three-step framework, which I call the superwoman solution. So, um, the first step is it. So the word spells out fierce, right? Uh, a woman that is going to be burnout proof must be fierce. She needs to free up her calendar for the things that matter to her. She needs to identify her invisible scripts. She needs to express, not impress. She needs to reject her rejectors. She needs to communicate with power and she needs to engage in extreme self-care, right? Those are the six pillars. When you break them down into the superwoman solution, it's about giving up the need to please everybody, giving up the need to be everything to everybody so that you can be who you're here to be in the world and make the difference that you're here to make. And so the first step of that is to identify the story you've been telling yourself about why you can't have what you want. And that comes down to identifying your invisible scripts. What have you been telling yourself about who you need to be or how you need to show up or what's impossible? 
The second step is to set a new standard for your life and a new, more powerful intention for how you want to show up. And that comes down to expressing what matters to you, whether or not that impresses other people and rejecting anything that's going to block you from staying focused and in alignment. And then the third step is to design your days to make your version of success inevitable and honor that new standard. So that's going to be about communicating with power. That's going to be about freeing up your calendar to reflect your priorities. And that's going to be about doing what you need to do to engage in extreme self-care and give yourself the space, the systems and support you need to stay present. So um, I guide women through each of those steps. Each of the three steps is one month in my 90 day program. And I guide women through that with the understanding being that they're training their brain to work with them as they level up. So that they're not finding reasons to stay stuck or talk themselves out of what they want. Well, goddamn. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. It wasn't anything of value. I was just going to say, <laughs> I purposely muted myself because I was going off back here. <laughs> she speaks to my soul. Oh. <laughs> okay, goes back on mute. Um, who do you have, who, who do you take on? Like, who do you want to be your clients versus who do you not want or who was not ready for you as a client? Let me start with who's not ready for me. That is a magnificent question, bitch. So <laughs> you are not ready for me if you're used to having yes men in your corner and you want me to agree with everything you say. You are not ready for me if, um, if you're comfortable or if you're not comfortable being asked hard questions and if you want everything to be like easy breezy, what you're comfortable with, if you don't understand the difference between uncomfortable and unsafe, you're not going to be able to navigate this kind of work. Um, also, if you tend to disappear when you're being challenged, uh, this is gonna be hard for you. Uh, that's how I know you're not a good match for me because the women that I work with are high octane, high performing, high achieving women that are really used to being good at what they do, um, but are also really good at talking themselves out of what they want because they wanna be available for everybody. Uh, so I work with women that have superwoman syndrome, which means they're used to being super, but they are not good at receiving the same attention and effort that they give. Um, I like to work with women that are visionaries, uh, very purpose-driven. They have a big vision for the change they want to make in the world. Um, and they also are either aspiring to build their own movement or they are aspiring to move up in leadership. So you definitely need to be leadership oriented, leadership minded, um, willing to be challenged, stretched and supported mm -hmm. and willing to invest in your personal growth and your leadership development. Yes, bitch. We had quite a few sessions where I would have to just come in with, hey, I didn't do my homework this week. <laughs> <laughs> because there's no cheating. Yeah. There's no cheating. There's no, um, there's no sitting in the back of the room with your head down. <laughs> there's no, you know, oh, I'm not going to raise my hand. 
No, it's one-on-one. <laughs> and one of her favorite things to say is, oh, it's okay. We could sit in this awkward silence. I'll wait for your answer. Well, me, you know me so well, girl. The best, I, I the, have the a best, question, though. The best yes, ma'am. Well, I had a question for Wumi. Like, what was it like having a sister like this? You can't hide shit. You can't hide anything. So, okay, well, here's the thing. Um, this is not, I didn't grow up with this level of Adama. Because I am the older sibling. Um, and I try to be transparent with, you know, my bullshit. As we were growing up, I got in trouble a lot. Not so much bad, but my parents came from, first of all, them eyes got big. I'm not, I don't want to say, okay, that's fine. Um, So my, you know, my parents immigrated here. So I'm first generation and I'm really the first child that they raised. Um, And, you know, I have a little bit with me also. So I'm not the, you, you know, this the child that's going to do everything that you told the child to do because <laughs> i have questions and things but neither here nor there so anyway i got in trouble a lot <laughs> but adama was the kind of to say oh okay so they didn't like when she did that so i probably won't do that i still want the end result i want what she wanted but I'm probably going to do it in a different way. <laughs> I learned how to people please from watching Mumi get her ass handed to her. Lord. That was not my thing. <laughs> my people pleasing happened because I learned, I learned how to be the prodigal daughter. I learned how to be um, like perfect, how to look the part, how to get the grades, how to do everything and perform. I learned how to perform so I wouldn't get in trouble. And so I wouldn't, um, so I wouldn't make them upset. And I was only able to learn that because Wumi got the shit under the stick with all the guinea pig and the testing and all that. So uh, all the things that Wumi was not able to master, I did. And it made me a professional people pleaser. God damn, that makes a lot of sense. So there's that. So yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, I didn't grow up with her, <clears throat> but I watched I watched it happen and I watched how her interactions with people started to shift. Um and um our conversations started to change. I remember you are a big reason why I do my best not to say the word should or just so um should is an unnecessary word according to according to my lessons from adama (laughs) it's an unnecessary word and it is used to kind of soften things that don't need to be softened um and the word just is used in this in a similar way especially from women, women will say just to, to, to soften and to appease. I want this thing strongly. My feelings behind this are very strong, but I don't want to seem too strong to you. So I'm going to say just 
because just gives me a little bit of room to cower under so mm -hmm. you don't feel like I'm aggressive. Romy! <laughs> Romy! I just did it today. And I think about it all the time because the two of you, your voices, it, when I type text messages and emails and stuff, especially like to the team, today I was like, hey guys, just checking in to see where we are on the email language. And I deleted it. I said, bitch, that's not what you're saying. Say what you're saying. Hey, what is the, what what, is the what's the status of the email language? What are the timelines? Who's responsible for what? But just, just removing that just, it was just, it's freeing every time I do it because I have to look at myself like, oh shit, you're doing it again. Why are you doing that? Why, Why are you suffering this? These people are getting paid real money. Why are you scared to talk to people? And then I'm oh, like, who, who, do these people even deserve this, this so-called softer language? Do they? They don't. And, and I have to think also, do people speak to me with soft language? Do people <laughs> speak to me with the soft language? <laughs> like, what am I doing? I'm just making it weird. <laughs> but yeah, shoulds are dumb is classic. Like, I use shoulds are dumb to try, like, as a last ditch effort to win an argument in my marriage a couple months ago. What Man. did you <laughs> What it's did you all, say? That's all I had. Like, well, you should have did it. I was like, shuds are dumb. <laughs> I'm done with this conversation. <laughs> the okay. Worst. The worst, bitch. I told you he settled. The worst. <laughs> I just be sitting back like, but listen, this man knows what he had. He knew, <laughs> he knew what it was. So, you know, like I sympathize, but also. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry I took, us, I took us on a tangent but I had to speak to the shirts and just that shit resonates with my soul because I'm still actively unlearning people pleasing right now I will write an email I will write a text message because this doesn't just have to do with work oh that's another okay that's another piece what you learn from sessions with Adama don't just apply to your career they apply to your life, your whole life. You, you start to use these lessons in all of your relationships. So with your significant other, yes, but also with your friends, um, classmates, coworkers, just your life as a whole. You, you start to assess how you have been speaking to people and how people have been speaking to you. You start to realize what feelings you have had and have chosen to repress um it's you just become much more aware of everything mm -hmm. and this is not to say that this is an easy process or to be honest not not fun either it's a lot of work that you have to do within yourself so um you know it the end looks good or and first of all there's never really an end that's okay sorry i'm sorry i even said that but the process um you know your your the goals that you set as you move along are great but there's so much work to get to each one it's worth it but it's definitely work yeah you have to be willing to be uncomfortable 
Because you're going to be uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't know if you if you heard it on the live last week, but one of the most significant sessions with Adama that I had was in that room at the workspace. And we were like really pulling that shit with me and my mom. And I just looked at the fire alarm and I was like, I want to pull the fire alarm so I can get the fuck out of this conversation. I, I will never forget <laughs> it. Because she she told us, Adama, after that session, she came, she was like, um, to me and Sharon, she was like, ah, no, I'm not, I can't, I have to figure out a way out of this room. <laughs> because. <laughs> I told Adama, I was like, well, you know, I was looking at the fire alarm. Because yeah, she, was like, she was like, no, because Adama will really, when I said that she would tell you, we'll just sit here. We will just, you've already paid for my time. So I can sit here with you. We still have till three o'clock. However you so, What are you going to do? When Diddy comes. What are you going to say? <laughs> Y'all are annoying. Y'all are so annoying. <laughs> yeah, there's no escape. There's no escape from your truth. Because you know what the truth is. Yeah, and now I see the truth because I really, because of that uncomfortable ass fucking session and how she wouldn't let me say, because I love a, I'll just table it and get back to it next week. I love that. I live for it. And she made me sit in it and really think about, I forget what the specific question was, but it was stuff that I wasn't ready to even see with me and my mom and how that relationship kind of shaped my dealings with people. It was so fucking uncomfortable that I was like, oh, I'm not going to deal with this today because I just, you know, I have stuff I have to do. <laughs> uh, this is a busy day. It's already busy. My brain is just women have the best excuses, but I am the excuse closer. I don't give a fuck about yeah. your story. And she really, she really didn't give a fuck. And I did not pull the fire alarm. I didn't have the balls to do it. I just really wanted to. And once I answered her question, it really shifted the way that I handle business in such a beautiful way. Like I can't even imagine the types of bullshit I would still be running around in circles dealing with if I wasn't able to look at people and situations on some real shit and say, I have put my mother's face on this person. Mm -hmm. I've decided me and this person are so close and I should help them and do this and that and a third. And I'm like, okay, nope, actually, I'm going to tell this person, no, this ends now, or we're not going to collaborate, like, stuff like that. It's so fucking heavy, but I didn't realize that I was even walking around with that shit. I just thought I was a girl's girl. No, I'm a bitch with mommy issues. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's real. You have to know that about yourself, because I was in this cycle of just constantly feeling taken advantage of where these relationships would go to a, a certain level. And then it's like, oh my God, what just happened here? How did everything change? And now, you know, sometimes it does happen, especially with people that kind of came in, people that were grandfathered in <laughs> after my awakening. <laughs> Those things will happen, but I can address it and say, you know, like it's not a matter of me agonizing for months so much as I can just throw it in my group chat, which is my lifeline, and just say, hey, am I tripping or do I need to cut this? Mm -hmm. We and can't it, fix what we won't face, which is why I yeah. forced you to sit with it. Yes, because even with your friends, you know, your friends have to sit and say, okay, is today the day she's ready to see this, or do we just appease her today? <laughs> hey, don't fucking laugh. Don't laugh. I didn't need confirmation. 
No, because let's 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 be honest, okay? Okay. Because there are three of us in that group, and sometimes she would jump in there with a comment, and there would be two people in the group. Because Wumi is not getting in this anymore. I can't do it. I can't keep telling you the right answer for you to do the wrong thing. <laughs> so you, oh, you have someone. You have support. Okay, great. <laughs> I'll see y'all in a couple hours. <laughs> it's, true. it's real. It's real. And it's just, that's another thing that's like a blind spot. And so you have to really be willing to face your blind spots and really hear about yourself to even know that you want to come. Because now I can even preface it like, like y'all, this is about to be some bullshit, but I need to save space. I just need to type this here so I can move on with my evening. <laughs> it's crazy, man. It's a, it's, it's so fucking insane. And like you were saying earlier on your live, um, I don't understand Instagram very well, but is there a way for you to like share your live out with people? I thought I did. Oh, I didn't know people can share lives as video files. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. I'm, I mean, as long as it's within the 24 hour. Um, right. That's what I was going to say. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Because your live was really, really great today. Just talking about how you have to be willing to receive feedback and get that. What is it called? We used to have them in the government uh, 360 performance review. Mm -hmm. You got evaluation from your peers your subordinates and your superiors mm -hmm. and the shit can be a lot but you have to be willing to receive that in order to succeed right. as a leader yeah it's like required for executive leadership at va mm -hmm. and i believe that you can't succeed in the entrepreneurship world unless you have that shit too you got to have a village you got to have a guide and that's kind of what not kind of that is what your role is with what you do you guide people into being able to sit in discomfort and realize you're not going to die one of the things i had to learn was that ripping a band-aid off doesn't kill you it just stings a little bit and then you go on with the rest of your day like when i realized that i was going to have to have difficult conversations with my sister and my uncle and stuff like that in order to proceed with our sessions i didn't want to do that shit but I did it because I felt a sense of accountability to you and the work we were doing. Yes. So that was bigger than my discussion. Because, Wumi, I'm sure you remember, I did not feel like dealing with that shit. It was probably this time last year. Like, I ain't talking to that bitch. You know, like, all of that. <laughs> but so much, of our, so much of our pain is just, like, anticipating how bad it's going to be. Yeah. You know, when we actually push through and our head doesn't explode, we get so much momentum. Like, yeah. when you're nervous about how bad something's going to feel and then you do it, how often do you say, like, oh, that shit wasn't that bad? Like, damn, I wasted all this time. It, it never in our heads. So often. We always make it worse in our heads than it really is. It's like you think you're protecting yourself from pain, but you're really just hurting yourself twice. And if women weren't so afraid of disappointment, we could get so much more done. Like, so much more done. It's true. It's so true, bitch. Oh, my God. Um, where are we in the interview? <laughs> oh my goodness. Is it you or me? Um, um girl, I don't know. You. <laughs> okay. What are the warning signs of superwoman syndrome? Look, I knew you was going to eat this up. <laughs> I'm going to give a couple. <laughs> um, my favorite 
sign of superwoman syndrome is when I hear someone saying, oh my God, I have so much on my plate as if she didn't put that shit on her plate. Oh, that's fine. That's one sign. The second is um, you suffer in silence and you say, um, I'm okay, I'm fine when people ask how you're doing and you know you're not fine. When you've gotten so used to that like automatic response of everything's good, I'm fine, I'm okay, as opposed to actually sharing what's going on, that's definitely a sign. When you, um, ah, when you find yourself surrounded by needy people, chances are you are the superwoman in the circle. So um, when you get off on being needed, you're gonna attract needy people. And if you, everyone around you needs something all the time, it's because you've established yourself as the bitch to fill the need every time. Pause, please pause. Oh God. Okay. Dama. I have really been working through that with myself. Like even with my mom, it was driving me crazy that she would not um, learn how to use the computer by herself. Right? Oh. And yeah, no, because like we would come, we would drop what we were doing. She had this habit so far with this quarantine where she would be like, hey, like we go to the bathroom and she hears you. Could you come in here real quick? And that's like two hours of your time. And so my Christina and I would help her over and over again, but she wouldn't like retain it. So one evening we sat her down and we're like, hey, here are some resources so that you can feel comfortable doing this yourself. This is who you raised us to be, how you raised us to succeed and take stuff seriously. Yes. Like, you know, just look at this, like the things that you, you said we had to understand how to do, right? So my mom starts doing it and she don't ask me shit for a week. So <laughs> I, I peeked I my head in there and I was like, hey girl, what's going on? Is everything, oh, I'm fine, I'm learning. I did this and this today. And then I felt a ping, right? I, I felt a, like a sting. And I was like, well, hold on, Nikki. Do you feel a way she didn't need you even though it was throwing off everything that you had to do all day? What about you makes you feel like you have to be needed even when you don't feel like being needed? Do you know how good I felt being able to have that conversation with myself? Come on, self-coaching. That's how you know the work is working, bitch. That's yeah, how you know. I really, I had to really go out there and give her a hug. And I said, I said I'm so proud of you. And I still go in and check because I get nervous. Like, you know, are you sure? Like, is everything okay? But I really, I realized that there was something going on in me that still needed to be needed, even though I knew the way I was helping her was enabling her lack of interest in technology. The shit is crazy, bitch. It really is. And it's not something I thought, I, I didn't think that I really got off on that as much anymore because I checked out from being the oldest of my siblings about maybe seven or eight years ago. Mm -hmm. so I knew it came from that. But when I let all of that go, I thought I was finished being a person that needed to be needed. Mm. And so I just kind of checked in and nestled under needing Wumi all the time. Hi, Wumi. <laughs> Well, you know, here we are. Luckily, I don't um, call on you for everything. Right? Shit. L Hello? This is not the time to be on mute, well. She muted me! Oh, <laughs> all right. I'm like, wait. This, are you trying to tell me something? 
No, 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 no. I, I try to be as present as possible. You don't express need often. So I just try to check in and you see, like, I'll insert myself in your business. I'll text you at two in the morning, like, hey, here's what we need to do. And here's the plan. <laughs> I was just reminded of another way, you know, you're a superwoman. That just really reminded me of something. So I would love for you to, when you're finished with your thought, just remind me. I feel like you should just forget. Yeah, fuck ah! it. <laughs> because... I will not. I will not. <laughs> I've already lost interest in whatever just, I was saying. You should just forget. It's fine. We don't have to, we don't have to talk about it. Um, yep, I'm going to say it. Another way that you know <laughs> that you might be a superwoman or you might be stuck in superwoman syndrome is if you really have to rack your brain to think of who you could call at 3 a.m. in the morning in a crisis. So if you're used to being the one that everybody else calls, but you genuinely cannot think of who would be there for you, you are the superwoman in the circle. If you, um, if you're not used to ever being in a position where you're the vulnerable one, it's cause you're in superwoman syndrome. So like you're used to being everyone's 3am friend. You're used to being the reliable one. Out the computer. Take that, do that. You're, you're used to being the one that everyone else can rely on that is predictively available. You're probably the superwoman. Is Wumi listening? Baby, when she Put said that, I was like, <laughs> leave me alone. Shit. <laughs> no, but no, let me tell you what's crazy, right? <clears throat> because I know that I have these, you know, certain issues or whatever. Things that need to be addressed. Take your eyes out of the fucking. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you again. <laughs> But um, <clears throat> my friend was telling me about, he was like, you know, my daughter's so spoiled and, you know, blah, 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 all of this, right? And I'm like, he was like, she always asking somebody else for help and she don't do nothing by herself. And I'm like, okay, I, I hear that. But also, um, I was raised to do everything for myself. Like, I don't ask. And now I have trouble asking other people for help so honestly i feel like your daughter got it right like <laughs> i need help i'm going to ask someone so that she isn't stuck because i, I will sit here like i might need some help but i don't want to ask anybody <laughs> and that's not the right answer and so um <clears throat> i was you know thinking about that and i'm like yeah you know you probably should fix that because it's something that is within your control. So I'm thinking about it. You don't have to fix it if you enjoy the struggle. You see what I'm saying? Was that necessary? Did we have to hear that right now? I feel like. <laughs> How do I get off mute? Yes. <laughs> you have to hear it. Let me tell you something since you brought it up. This is what the fuck I have to do. Because I struggle with asking for help. I have reminders in my business calendar for when things are going on with you to check in and see where we are with that. Like with your move and shit, I've got shit in my calendar. Check in. Does she need help moving? Does she need help packing? Does she make a decision? Like stuff like that. I have to do it. And I have to have a side chat with Sherelle. Like, hey, do you think she needs like <laughs> 
because of your superwoman shit. We got to respect your boundaries, but also make sure that you're okay because you more often than not, bitch, you will not say. Bitch, why are you acting like you drained? Don't be drained. It's very draining. It's very draining. You know, I'm draining too, but we work because we're draining in different ways. In different ways. <laughs> in different ways. It's, the, it's the absolute truth. Yeah. It's the absolute truth. So what I have to understand is like, whereas I'll hit you like, oh my God, Rumi, my life is over and I got evicted. I can hit you with that. You're not going to see shit. So I have to just kind of be proactive, like checking in, like, hey, are you good? Are you, I was thinking about what you said the other day and here's some idea <laughs> for some revenue generation. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think that's really beautiful. I think it is so beautiful that you and Sherelle bring that caliber of awareness to your friendship because for a lot of women that are used to being the superwoman, their friends don't even know to look for that shit. And well, can I tell you? It's not because they're terrible people. It's because you have branded and established yourself as someone that doesn't need that support. So they don't think to offer it. It, it, it yeah. simply is not, it's not in You're, their radar. The three of us are the same. We all are that individual. Yeah. We just show it in different ways. And we see it immediately in each other. In each other. <laughs> not in ourselves. Okay. So it's like, mm, look at this, look at this, look at this bitch. Here she go again. All right. So, and we'll, and we'll say it on the thread. Like, oh, okay. So right now, is this what we're doing right now? We're doing this again. I thought we talked about this. We addressed this already, right? Most, All right. Well, let's go through the motions. The most Let us know obnoxious way, the most obnoxious way we go through the motions with one another is that passive aggressive who's surprised. <laughs> <laughs> bitch, who's surprised? Who's surprised, huh? Yes, because I was like, I'm very up upset about what happened at work today because so-and-so didn't do their job. Who's surprised? Oh. <laughs> You're upset, you know? <laughs> You're not going to fire her, you know? <laughs> Don't do yep. me. Don't do me. I handle my yep. business. <laughs> You're like, oh, no, I mean, it, it'll be another uh, eight months probably. So, you know, let's just sit down. Let's just have a seat. It's not time yet. You ain't shit. Let me get back to the interview question. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Talk to me like I need this damn shit. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. What do you, ooh, you're going to love this, Adama. What do you say to women who say, I don't have a choice? I have my kids, my husband, my parents. I wish y'all could see the eye roll that she just gave us. The eye roll lasted 17 seconds. I just want to know that. What do you say to women that make those types of excuses? I rolled my eyes the first time I read that question, and I'm rolling my eyes now. Ooh. Because. She's sick of y'all shit. But hold on, before you, before you call them excuses, because, you know, a lot of times women will say these things feeling like this is a legitimate response. Like, oh, no, this is actually what's happening. This is what's preventing me from doing whatever and whatever. So we, I'm we just all saying think our excuses to, call are legitimate. to call it excuses off the break is kind of like, hold on, wait, wait, wait. no, because um, yeah, I just really do. Yeah, I'm going to say it one more time. We all think that our excuses are legitimate, right? 
And um, I too drop excuses when I don't want to be held to a certain standard. Um, however, limiting beliefs are feelings. They're not facts. What the story that we tell ourselves about why we can't have something may feel super, super real and super true. And it may have basis and it may be common, but it does not have to stop you there unless you decide you're going to stay stuck there. And what I mean to say by that is, if you want to keep fighting for your limitations, then you get to keep them. But if you are willing to claim your power as fiercely as you claim other people's problems, you would be unstoppable. So like, if you want to keep those problems, keep them. I'm not going to fight you for that. I'm not going to fight you for your freedom. If you really want to stay stuck, stay, bitch. Ain't nobody about to drag or pull you, right? Um, and if something feels real, then it's on you to do the work to create a new story and to find evidence to support that new story and to find examples of how what you want is possible. But if you're willing to stay stuck at I can't have it, then you're right. You can't have it. And you get to not have it. And that's it. Bitch. Yikes. Jesus Christ. Let's all have a moment of silence for that. <laughs> Woo! Okay. Well. She, she said, oh, you no. get to not have it. If you don't think you can have it, you get to not have it. You get to not have it. An animal. An like, animal you rather, it. I just feel like, would you rather be right about your limiting beliefs or would you rather be happy? I'd rather be happy. So I'm willing to push past those limiting beliefs. <laughs> How fast is this fucking episode coming out? I have like three people I need to send this to right now. as someone who again like i said earlier high achievers have the sexiest excuses we are a lot more creative about all the reasons we can't have something because we're used to having things we're used to creating things we're used to doing things so by the time someone at this level says they can't have something they've convinced everybody around them that they can't have it i'm not gonna be that bitch though you can't convince me high achievers have the sexiest excuses this is the shit i'll be talking about Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm trying. I have, there are I have plenty of questions. things that get in the way. There are plenty of things that get in the way, but there is a very big difference between, um, between a speed bump and, uh, you know, end of the road or dead end sign. Like you see a speed bump, you acknowledge a speed bump, you can slow down and then move over that bitch. But that doesn't mean you can't keep going in that direction. You, it's on you to really acknowledge whether it's a real stop or whether it's imagined stop, whether it's actually an obstacle or whether it just feels difficult. You can do difficult things. You've proven it over and over and over again. It's on you to collect the evidence of what you want. This is how you train your brain. <laughs> No, don't play dad. Come back. Come back. Ah! <laughs> it's just, it's That's so... something I should say to you in, in your meetings also. I just want you to know that. Okay. Um, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, gather myself so I can ask you this next question. I have a question for you. <clears throat> <laughs> but I'm not sure. Can we reset? Can we, does everyone need to take a sip of 
<laughs> Bitch, I really, I really feel like Michael Jordan could have been president if he had you. But does Michael Jordan want to be president? He doesn't even want to talk about how his shoes are killing people. Oh, uh, all right, okay. This is who and we I have today. Love, I love Michael Jordan as a basketball player, Wait, but I he doesn't know how to have hard conversations. So no, he could not be a president. Not yet. Oh shit. Okay, I don't know him that well yet. He doesn't. Uh, like uh, 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 girl, please. Seriously, okay. another time. <laughs> Will you talk to me about it offline, please? Uh, yes. Okay. This is nothing, this, seriously. Okay. All right. Returns mute. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. So, um, the the question that I have for you, or the question that we have, is, um, what are your thoughts on failure? On failing. Like, um, yeah, look at this. So what I what I'm thinking right now is something that has taken me years to internalize. As I mentioned, like I'm a recovering people pleaser and I'm a recovering perfectionist. So like failure doesn't feel good. Like, let me make that very clear. Um, but what I have come to understand is that failure is just feedback. And if I am willing to extract the lesson, it wasn't really a loss. As long as I am willing to really like sit with what I learned from it and do something about what I learned, it wasn't actually failure. Um, so one of my favorite things to practice thinking, because a belief is just a thought you practice thinking, one of my favorite things to practice thinking is I either win or I learn, but I can't fuck it up, right? And so um, because I'm a professional student, I love to learn. I'm a student of life. I'm into personal development and personal growth. If I believe that I can't fuck it up and everything is a lesson, then I get to treat it as part of my soul's curriculum and not as a personal failure. It doesn't mean that I have fucked up at life. It means this was something else on the syllabus that I must have missed. And I'm ready to just learn it and keep it moving. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I always get what I want or better. And sometimes what I want wasn't worth it because I needed to get the lesson. And the lesson's always a win. So failure is not really failure if I learn the lesson and move forward from it. And sometimes when I take that L and learn the lesson, I get something even better than what I had originally set my sights on, if I'm willing to be patient. Yes, Adama. It's yeah. taken me a very long time to get there. But when I tell this entrepreneurship, man, this shit is a whole ghetto mess sometimes. And these failures, or what other what my ego would look at as a failure, I have to look at as a lesson. Otherwise, I'm going to stay down and I can't afford to because I have work to do. So yeah. I'm taking the lesson and I'm keeping it moving. Yeah, I just um can I share with, with you what happened to me yesterday? Yes. Um I did a release and just it felt like a failure and I I really received it as a failure, but I'm listening to you talk now. Um I did a, a scheduled a release. And, you know, we're in this new season, thank God for it, and seeking. 
where everything is made in advance and then it's placed on the Shopify. Mm -hmm. So what your cousins have figured out is how to shop without the release being announced as live. I think those are your cousins. You are correct. Those are actually my cousins. Nope, nope, Sarita's cousins. There's definitely Sarita. Yeah. Yeah, and Sarita, like, didn't you get an order? I don't So. (laughs) Hold on, hold on, nigga. That was not me. I waited until it went live for real. I paid for shipping. Carry on. (laughs) Yesterday was crazy. So I just. Okay, I, I know you're, I just want to put my little two cents in real quick because um, I got the energy that you felt like this was your fault. Even your live felt like you were taking the, the brunt of it. And I'm like, you cannot blame yourself for what other people do. Other people are out here looking to be schemy and conniving. That's not on you. That's not on you. You're right. This This was not by any means a failure <clears throat> not by any means a failure so i appreciate that you're looking out for you know the customers who played it the right way but it's not it's not none of it is your fault you are right okay thank you so much um, i hope I, that I, you seem that i receive that i just feel like i'm tired um I'm tired, right? I don't, <laughs> I'm tired, Ike. <laughs> I'm so tired of looking crazy in these situations. And I just uh I decided I decided after Christmas I wasn't going to put myself in situations where I look crazy or I look like I can't keep my word and all of that when it comes to my customers. You have the floor. How how do you look crazy? Because if I tell you that we're going to go live, and then when I tell you that we're live, everything is gone, it just fucks with the trust with customers from my perspective. You have the floor again. Um, if you give your time and the products are available and you whatever whatever what you make live or whatever is posted on the website is what's actually available and whatever is posted is snatched up immediately how was this your fault i feel like i let down the the customers who pay attention to the instructions and respect the boundaries I felt like I let them down because I mean, you did you see the shit they were saying to me? How do you? I'm asking you. I'm asking you. How did you let them down? Did you did you post? Did you say you were going to have ten items, and you actually had two? Is that is that what you did? Mm-mm. No. It's- okay. So. I'm waiting for you to explain to me how you failed, how this was your letdown. Um, that's what I'm waiting for. Could, um, how, I, I don't. I don't have it because I was about to say I should have thought ahead on how people would buy things in advance, but I heard it and I said, shoulds are dumb. Okay. So, also, you, you don't, you're not a mind reader. 
So yeah, I didn't. I didn't think that people would go around the. Yeah, because how? Why would you ever think that? Yeah. So I just. So, uh, so go back to my actual question about how how is this your fault? That's what that's what I'm waiting for the answer on. Okay. Um. I can give you a hint. The answer is, it's not your fucking fault. I know. I know I can say that, but I don't really, like, I don't feel that yet. I want to feel that, but I don't feel like that. So I do know that that is the answer that makes sense. No, okay. So, so okay, well, let's, let's talk about it. Do you, do you feel like you should, you should have been able to guess that people would find a a walk around. No, um, I should have. Um, I think that I, when I play it over in my mind, I feel like maybe if I had done more research about Shopify and the ways that people can purchase things, then that might not have happened. And that would have that would have done what? So, do you feel like less people would have been interested had you gone that route? No. So people still would have bought out your products in a very speedy manner. Yeah. So, are you looking for a reason to blame yourself? Um, I don't know. I think now that you say that out loud. I might be. I didn't. I didn't think about that at first, but I just. I know that I'm just exhausted with. With afterthought, with with what I I, you know, just learning. After the fact, the things that could have prevented whatever disaster, and you know, a lot of the struggles I have. Before, was is because of me not being willing to accept realities about things and support but this time it was on me and I feel like I didn't do enough research on Shopify to know uh, that there are I have to interrupt you I have to interrupt you okay um this is not a coaching session and so it was really taking everything in me not to jump in and play coach but I have to share okay your insistence on making this your responsibility ties into your need to be right about what a professional or what a consummate professional looks like. You have a story, you have a story about the trappings of entrepreneurship. You have a story about looking the part and proving to people that you are a successful entrepreneur. And you could have 899 receipts saying that you are doing an incredible job but you go out of your way to find the one piece of evidence that something didn't go as planned and you make that mean that you are not the consummate professional and until you stop looking for that one piece of evidence to override all 899 you are not going to be able to enjoy the levels that you are rising to you simply will not be able to internalize or enjoy any level of success if you are committed to and attached to this story that you're supposed to be perfect to prove yourself as an entrepreneur. Can you receive that? Yeah. Yeah. I receive it. 
I receive it. It's it's a part of my PTSD from from the holiday season before last. I receive it. <laughs> I'm what sorry, are you going to do differently? <laughs> I felt you jumping through the what are you going to do differently to act like you know that? Because we have to honor our learning by acting like we know. So what are you going to do to implement this? If I say I don't know yet, you're going to make me sit in it in real time? Yep. Okay. All right. So let's just skip ahead. Um, <laughs> I think that um, the way that I will act like I know, the way that I will behave going forward when things like this happen is I will understand that the person putting pressure on me to know everything and to know how all of this shit works in advance is only me. I will also know that, that just because, okay, I can value customers. I can value my customer experience and still have dissatisfied customers. I can stop making the, um, I can stop tying mean comments to me not respecting and valuing my customers. Yes. That's what the fuck I'm going to do. Yes. That sounds amazing. That sounds remember what I said about the peaches. So much. Remember what I said about the peaches. You can be the juiciest peach in the world, and there's always going to be a bitch that don't fuck with peaches, and that means nothing about you. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's, you know, okay, I'm really glad that you, that you, you guys made me sit in this and pause because I have just, I've been going fucking through it because I just, I felt like, okay, I did what I was supposed to do this time. I made all the shit in advance. There's nothing that has to be made after the fact. I'm shipping things out, whatever. And then to read some of the stuff I read, like there were people in my comments like, well, I'm just not shopping with her until the winter time or until I can go to her store because this is too much. I'm sick of being disappointed. I don't get nothing. And it hurts. It hurts to read it even though people are, in, they're entitled to believe what they believe. But what I have to do is I have to acknowledge that it hurts, but also acknowledge that it doesn't mean I don't respect my customer experience. Received. Thank you, Wumina Dama. I have got to get out of here now. <laughs> I am emotionally exhausted. <laughs> I, again, I totally apologize for like jumping in there and making this something it wasn't meant to be, but I was not going to feel right in my spirit if I didn't address that. Yeah. And I know you're not the only one sitting with this, so I wanted to make sure it was out there. Thank you. On behalf of myself and people like me who are figuring this shit out and really trying, um, because I just, you know, just... We, just being a human being, I just don't, I don't think people think about that. And they don't have to think about it. It's up to me to have the wherewithal to not be, because if somebody says something sideways to Wumi or Sherelle, for example, I'm ready, but man, fuck that bitch. She don't know what she's talking about. Blah, 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 blah. These people get on here and they say what the fuck ever. But when it's said to me, I feel like, well, bitch, you really tried here. And I think they saw that you are an IT project manager 
you are not a professional shea butter maker. And I start getting in my head with that shit. It's so much easier to help somebody else than to help yourself, even when you have the fucking tools. It's crazy. So um, I guess we just did that live on the park. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> um, we did. Some, sometimes what we need, you know, doesn't present itself at our most favorite time. Yeah. But if it's if it's meant to happen, it's meant to happen. So very here true. we are. Very, very true. Here we are. Here we are. <laughs> uh next question. <laughs> Hold on. How how do you measure progress for your clients? I had to make sure I was unmuted. Um, I think the key indicators that the work is working is when my clients catch themselves in shitty self-talk. So you did it a couple times on this, on this uh, podcast even. When you hear the things you're saying and recognize that just because you've practiced thinking it doesn't mean it's true, that's a really good sign. When you are catching yourself in self-sabotage and you can stop that shit in its tracks, that means that something is happening. Something has grown within you. When you are building self-trust, when you're able to make decisions without having to check in with 12 other people first, when you are, yeah, when you are giving aligned yeses that you didn't have to overthink, when you're giving guilt-free no's that you didn't have to overthink, uh, when you're trusting yourself to overcome anything, when you're willing to sit with uncomfortable emotions and really say what needs to be said, those are all signs that you've been doing the self-coaching, that the tools are now in your arsenal, that you're internalizing what we've been talking about, and that you can tell the difference between intuition and trauma response, or you can tell the difference between your inner mentor and your inner critic. Those are all signs that the work is working. Jesus Christ. Um, I want to touch on, on something you said initially. That, that, this was fantastic. I'm glad this is going to be in the podcast. I didn't get to stop and capture what you were saying. Um, but if you don't, if it's, if it's not too much um, of your process, could you just talk about how one of, one of the most beautiful things, it was very fucking uncomfortable and still is, but it stuck with me. But how in our session, we had that whole like one day session and I would, I would do my invisible scripts which are, you know, like basically with the self-limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. You would stop me mid-sentence every fucking time and have me write it down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Writing those things down and looking at, looking at them really helped me proceed, even though it was extremely uncomfortable. Could you tell us more about why that's your, um, your process and, and what, yeah. thank you. <laughs> so, um, I believe that time management is less about managing your time than it is about managing your inner critic. So you can't, you can't manage your time unless you're managing the things you say to yourself about yourself. And there are a lot of things that we say that we assume are the truth because we've gotten so used to saying them to ourselves all day, every day. But when you make those things explicit and when you have to actually see the words that you were saying to yourself, you get to say, if this is not something I would say to a loved one, it has no business being said to me. And you get to choose something different. So um, 
a lot of the stuff that we have around, you know, I can't do this because dot, 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 or I should dot, 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 or um, I'll never be able to dot, dot, dot. Those are perfect examples of things we've accepted as truth that are just limiting beliefs. They're not the truth. They're just thoughts. They're thoughts we think all the time. We make up rules about who we need to be and how the world is and how other people are supposed to treat us. And until we really stop and catch ourselves remembering that they're just feelings, not facts, that they're just thoughts, not like the truth, um, we don't get a chance to really interrupt ourselves. So this is about disrupting the pattern. It's about breaking the curse. It's about stopping shit before it becomes normal so that we can normalize something better. So the first few weeks of coaching, whenever I work with somebody, I get in the habit of interrupting them in the middle of something. I'll be like, do you know that you just said that? Or I'll say, uh, write that down. I'm trying to interrupt you mid-limiting belief so that after a while you can practice interrupting yourself. Yep, and that I do. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wait, Wombi, Wombi, you have a question? I have a question. Yes. Um, so, obviously you have this business, but you also have a personal life, right? Absolutely. Um, Thank so God. You <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so you have friends and family members um, that you interact with, all of which um, everyone is not on the same plane at the same time, right? So how do you balance interacting with friends and family members, like on your off time? How do you manage like listening to them and hearing whatever um things that they may say that uh, have points in your business how do you manage that separately from your your work that is a really great question yes. this is something that pains me a lot um when i love somebody i don't want to let them suffer and i don't want um to tolerate mediocrity from people that I expect greatness from because I love them. Um, but I've also learned that sometimes the most loving thing I can do is give someone else the dignity of their own process. So sometimes I have to let you walk into the fire to understand you don't like being burnt. And that sucks. It sucks. It's very, very difficult, but it's something that I had to learn as a case manager. I can see someone about to make a really poor decision. Um, but it actually might do them more of a disservice to try and stop them from making the decision. People have to learn natural consequences. People have to understand that like they are the expert of their experience, not me. And so I've gotten better and better at like keeping that distance and allowing people to do what they need to do to learn what they were going to learn anyway. But if it really feels like something I cannot sit with, if it really feels like dangerous, like someone's life may actually be in danger, I may say, would you like some coaching around that? Or uh, can I interrupt you for a second? Or um, are you available for coaching or support around this or guidance around this? Because I always wanna remind people, you have a say in what happens in your life. And just because I've studied this shit, just because I work for this shit, doesn't mean I know your experience better than you do. So you clearly may have access to things that I just don't realize you're using yet. And I wanna give you the benefit of the doubt. Um, 
but I also don't want you to think that I let you walk into some shit when I knew I could have helped you with some shit. So I, I'll most likely ask first. Okay. All right. And um, how do you handle the rejection? Um, and I, I say that because I know that everyone is not ready to address themselves right so if you have the same person here but yep we're gonna we're gonna keep moving if you um if you catch something that you feel needs to be addressed in someone that's in your life outside of the the your profession outside of your professional life um and you say you know well can i can i ask you this or you know um I'd like to delve deeper into this and they say no. How do you respond to that? One thing I've learned is I can't afford to ask questions I'm not ready for the answer to. So if I say, can I coach this around this? I have to give you permission to say no. Like if I ask if you want coaching around something and you say, no, I'm not ready for it. Or no, I'm good. No, I got it. Like you don't need to therapize me. You don't need to coach me. You like it, I love it. I got to let you have that. But if I had the opportunity to help you and you said no, and then you get fucked over, guess who's not going to apologize for letting you get fucked over? Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, like, I, I gave, you know, I was going to let you live. I was, I was going to, I was going to give you a little something, but if you weren't ready, I can't force you to be ready. I'm not going to fight you for your healing. I'm not going to fight you for your growth. I'm not going to fight you for your freedom. You have to want this. I can't want this more than you. So if you really chilling in the struggle, you can keep that again. But I opted out of the struggle years ago and I wouldn't want to stay there if I were you. However, I'm not you. I have to give you that choice. It's the most liberating and empowering thing I can do for someone that I love to model that boundary. I'm not going to coach you if you haven't paid for coaching. And if you're not available for coaching, if you are, I got you. If you're not, best of luck. Huh. <laughs> well, all right. It's hard. It seems callous as fuck, but like I have to give people the dignity of their own process. God, bars, bitch, bars all night. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, there's that shit. <laughs> I mean, like, on some real shit. There, there is that. I, th- I think that's the fucking podcast. Like, let's just, everybody just start it all over and listen to that shit again and write down. You know press pause. Down. Press pause when you need to press pause. If you need to close out the whole app and come back to it, do that. Maybe you need a meal <laughs> in between. You know what I'm saying? You need to refresh all together. You might need a nap. Send it to your family, your friends, your colleagues. That shit was lit. We should have charged for this episode. We should have did it on Patreon. <laughs> I'd do that in the future. This is a lot of, like, serious information. You know, listen. Because <laughs> no, one, no one is here to tell you that the work is easy. No one is telling you that. That's not, that's because that's a, a black ass lie. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you know, take your time. You can take your time. That's fair. The work is worth it, bitch. But it's 
remember that it's for you and it's only beneficial to you. Like it's not going to hurt you in any way. That's my point. It's not a hindrance in any way outside of, you know, having to deal with your own shit. No one like really wants to deal with that, but are you just going to sit and shit in your own shit the whole time? No. Or are you going to raise yourself up out of it? Yep. I will make you uncomfortable, but I will never put you in an unsafe position ever. Ever. That's what you always said to me as I cried. (laughs) (laughs) I remember you looking me in the face on Columbia Columbia Road. (laughs) 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 The day that we talked about the fire alarm. (laughs) (laughs) I'll never forget it. I appreciate you so much. And even tonight, just even sitting in this level of discomfort, because I trust you, I'm comfortable with this even going out as an episode. Like, I'm not even going to hit Sarita like, girl, you need to cut uh, this shit out from this time to this time. <laughs> but no, because it's because the um, the information and the advice was, it was fantastic. Because, I mean, God knows what I would have even gone to bed thinking and feeling like again. I'm mad that you went to bed with that shit last night. Absolutely. Aww. Yeah. I mean, you know, but it's it's true. And it's just because I just, because I had just, and y'all know this, we have been doing this podcast a minute, but the Christmas of 2019 was was rough, right? But 2020, no, I'm sorry, 2018 was rough. The Christmas of 19 was a fucking disaster. And and I have made my focus around, and Dama, do you remember you asked me when we were on the cusp of that holiday shit this year? I remember. Hey, hey so-and-so was like... <laughs> Uh, not gonna be at work today like I don't know I'm a little nervous and you were like tell me right now if everyone's order doesn't arrive by Christmas what happens and she basically was waiting for me to admit that no one was going to die right (laughs) but it was so hard for me to get there and so you know when it got there and it was what it was at least I had already mentally prepared myself for that scenario wow Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, did, we didn't talk about that? No. Bitch, it was the Saturday before Christmas. I mean, the panic. The panic all through your body. I was like, she needs to be talked down. Right. I honestly was using, like, legit crisis intervention techniques to talk you down. Because I was like, she's going to have a fucking panic attack right now. I didn't know you were going through all of that. Oh, yeah, because, like, key niggas was calling in sick when I said, this is the most important time of the entire year and i'm saying in this i'm saying this in a way not to be messy but just to say that i thought i had communicated clearly enough how important this time was and for niggas to bail on to me, you no i said it was important to everybody no no no, no. this is the metric <laughs> it was important to you oh true yes but that importance like, ultimately trickled down only me because everybody was still getting paid it didn't really fucking matter for real <laughs> you just did a, a jig bitch you just did a jig with the fucking show. it's 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 alexis i've been watching Shit's creek it's a lot <laughs> i love i love that you're here now i'm so glad yeah that you're here now but that, I that saturday i love that show <laughs> so much Girl. I do too. 
Well, yeah, that, that conversation that Adama and I had in that session, because I was, I remember, you know, this is how fucking crazy life is. I remember thinking, I don't really have time to do a session today because I have I've got to do blah, blah, blah for the holiday season. Holiday 2019, right? <laughs> but we had that session and she made me really sit in it and think about what really happens if everybody's shit doesn't go out by Christmas. And that's got to be the only reason that I didn't lose my fucking mind and have to like just be on the news. It's because I had already been forced to think about the possibility of things falling apart and not just being about what I said it should be. Mm. I I need to quickly say, if you are listening to this and you end up working with me, every time you want to skip a session is exactly when the fuck you need to sit down for a session. Um, when you are feeling like I don't have anything to bring, I did not complete my homework because that we're all stuck in story. There doesn't need to be any story. There doesn't need to be any shame. Show the fuck up for yourself. Period. Um, but like. This happens with counseling, it happens with therapy, it happens with coaching. The sessions that you most want to skip are the ones where all the magic is, and that's what you need to be able to sit in. Continue. No, no, that's that's real shit. That's very, very, very real shit. Wow. Yes. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> because I needed I needed those tools. I needed those tools because when I started to realize that. Um, shit had not gone out about Christmas was when I was in Florida with my family and I went there on the 29th mm -hmm. and that's when I was like oh okay 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 so what did I say what happened okay I'm not dead so what do we do what do we do <laughs> how do we figure this out how do we move forward how do we make it right with the customers you know I was able to 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 really think about life beyond things not arriving on time and I, was, I didn't destroy our family vacation because I was already kind of forced to sit and think about, and I say forced because I fought it, not because it was kind of thrust on me. Um, but I just was like, you know what, well, maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I should just be at the store and boxing all this shit, but it wouldn't have mattered. The number of things that were fucked up, <laughs> me losing 90 minutes was not gonna make it all deprived by Christmas, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it just wasn't. Oh. <laughs> it wasn't, you know, but it's just, this is what you offer is so fucking necessary. It's so necessary. Like, you need somebody to kind of, it's, I guess, like, it's, it's somewhere between a handhold and a kick in the ass. It's not both, and it's not either one. <laughs> It's a, it's a, I'm standing next to you with my, with my fist ready though. Right, like, right. We walking together, but bitch, <laughs> be you ready. Stop it and you're not turning around. So now what? Let's stand in it. <laughs> what you gonna do? <laughs> you gonna hit me first? <laughs> it's real and it's what you need to keep going. Because sometimes with entrepreneurship, you just feel like, I just can't keep going. Maybe I'm doing the wrong thing. Uh. <laughs> I need to be teaching some shit. How many times have I said, Mumi, I think I should just teach online? Oh, the time. <laughs> and I'm like, you don't like people a lot. Could you imagine me just saying fuck it to all of this and teaching IT project management on the internet? That's like, not my life for me. It's fine. It's college. It's fine. <laughs> 
It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. And I'm like, I mean, okay, but <laughs> I mean, okay. It's okay, so you gotta be ready. You gotta be ready. So, you know, just shout out to everybody that bought up all the stuff yesterday. I hope you enjoy your things. They arrive tomorrow. Here, here's the thing. I already know how people go for your shit. So I don't, I've never even participated in one of those events because I'm like, I'm not going to get myself upset. I'm not going to play myself last launch. I'll never do it again. So I'm like, all right. (laughs) How can I get product? (laughs) All right. When the store was open, bitch. Okay. I'm going to the store. First of all, I need to smell the things. Okay. The store is closed now. All right. Okay. How can, fuck this bitch. Can I? But you know, you and me, I I have like a never ending tab with beads, bitch. I want beads. My nieces want bracelets and shit. Like, I have, I have two waist beads for you right now. And I just hope that I guess the measurements right. Also, I only guess the measurements for her. Thank you so very much. Aww. Please. I'm not guessing for anybody else. I'm not doing it. It's, you better set head, that boundary, girl. My head already hurts. I don't need an extra headache. Okay, guys? Also, um, please just tell me what colors you want. Please, please just tell me. I don't want to guess colors for you because guess what? Everyone doesn't like the same colors. I want something colorful. I'm going to give you guys an illustration of what Wumi deals with. I want something colorful. Wumi makes it. I don't like red. (laughs) You guys, come on. What do you want me to do? <laughs> Please tell me what colors that you want. That's it. I feel like that's not even difficult. You got a baby suit you wanted to go with? What colors are in the baby suit? <laughs> oh, you just want black? Okay, we could just do black. We could just do white. We could tell me what colors that you want. I don't envy you at all. Down to like tying that fucking elastic into a knot, bitch. I don't, <laughs> envy you at all. I don't know how you do it. Well, no parts of it. <laughs> Can you imagine if Corona didn't happen and I was really tying bitches' bracelets? <laughs> Y'all. <laughs> Y'all, you know what, you guys? I'm going to make you some butter real quick. That's all I got. I can't tie this shit and not fuck it. <laughs> I, I, I almost had to miss, you know, Corona kind of ended some shit for me, but I almost had to miss an event. But um, Danita was ready to step in. Excuse me, I'm ready. I will stand in for you. I got you. Don't you worry about it. I was like, fucking yes. My circle is the shit. Okay. She's like, I just need a lesson. Just show me what I need to do. Got it. Here's this and all of this, and this is what it is. <laughs> I was not good at it. It didn't, it didn't really, it didn't work for her. That face, exactly. You know what I'm saying? It didn't work. This was not the project for her. This is not her ministry, and that's okay. It wasn't her ministry. She she was more upset than anybody, because I was just like, it's just not your thing. It's okay. 
She was like, fuck that. <laughs> I'm smart. I know I'm going to learn this. You can kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Bees was like, we don't give a fuck. <laughs> we not tying tonight. We all over the carpet. <laughs> Come you in here. We, our cousins are, is down here in the carpet too, so we just gonna stay down here with them. Like <laughs> that's it. Yeah, it's everybody. Just it's the brown ones too. It's a little brown carpet. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that shit. Fuck that shit, man. I'm never doing it again. Never. God bless you. You need to charge more money because, bitch, the level of stress that comes with that motherfucking shit. Never. <laughs> you got your workshops right. You let motherfuckers string the patterns along that they like, and then they go to you for the tie-up stage. <laughs> no. I prefer to order my beads. Yeah. Well, um, Adama, thank you for joining us tonight. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for having me. This has been fun. I have been pressed to be on y'all's podcast since it started. So come on. We on here. Dream lit leak. Whoa. Come on, bro. Uh, I support you, Woomy. Do it again. Say it again. You got it. Okay. All right. It to you or? Here I go. Wait. Okay. Okay. Here I go. Dream. <laughs> Leap, live. Come on, <laughs> come on. It's on here with bees and butter, bitch. Okay, get together. Oh, all right, Adama, you have to come back for <laughs> the insecure finale. Like this, this insecure recap. Maybe we should just call her after insecure and send the audio file. I don't, we need to figure that out. We have to figure this it out because there was so much insight on this particular. Why don't y'all watch it together and then talk about it after? I cannot wait. I'm ready. All right. Sounds like we have a plan, guys. All right. That makes sounds sense. like we have it. Sounds like we have it because I'm ready. I'm I am ready. thoroughly enjoying this season of Insecure. You said I'm ready. And I just want you all to know, I can't stop listening to Tevin Campbell's I'm Ready. Ma'am, 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 ma'am. I'm ready to love, to love forever. Why are we doing this to me? Why is this happening? I'm gonna love you forevermore. Babyface is a fucking genius. Babyface is gonna be on The View tomorrow from his home again. On The View? Yeah, I follow his Instagram now, and he's so excited to be back in the mix. I don't know if it's him or, like, one of his children. But you know what's funny is that he's never really been out of the mix. He's just indifferent to the mix. Yes. He's above the mix, y'all. He's above the above mix. Above the mix. <laughs> That's what it is. Above the mix. Did you see how, like, completely over it he was in that? He just... He didn't. Yeah, man. First of all, wait, he He's so far wait. above it. Can we talk about how how upset Teddy was when Babyface pulled that guitar down? He got his keyboard, bitch. That man was like, "Oh, that's what we do." 
said, I thought we couldn't have instruments. <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy. That was so crazy. <laughs> that shit was funny to me. It really was. Oh my God. But the way that Babyface, okay, did you guys hear when Teddy Riley was going live? It was when things started getting wonky again. And somebody told Teddy Riley, like, Kenny's on the phone. He said he's done after this. Did y'all hear that part? No. And I said, Babyface is done. Oh, this was the first one. No, this was the second one. But they had switched at some point. Oh, that's I think okay. I was late watching, uh, joining the second one. Yeah, it was just, it was just like too late. And I think it's when he left, when um, Teddy Riley left to like charge his phone and all kinds of stuff. And so the guy that was with Teddy- He went to collect his spirit. Whatever else he says is a lie. He went to pick his ego up off the floor and oh. remember that he is Teddy Riley because he was hurt. Oh. Yes, and the nigga talking to the, uh, yeah, Kenny said he's done after this one. Just play one more song. He's done after this. I said, yeah, Kenny ready to go to bed. I get it. <laughs> I'm looking at the clock now. Like, it's 9.56. I should be in the bed. Listen, listen. <laughs> Kenny is okay. older than us. <laughs> and, he, and he got more money. He has, he's used to more luxury, okay? <laughs> like, so you mean to tell me I have to sit up this late at night and look at a phone? Are you kidding? I don't want to do that on purpose. I don't want to do that. Why? Who? Who? Why would? Why would you I let me do that? that? <laughs> what is not what the children are for? What are we doing here? <laughs> That's what I said. I was like, Babyface, children and grandchildren set him up for success. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, what's that girl n- named Nia? What's her name? Nia. She tried. With Teddy? Yeah, she tried. But listen, first of all, do you see that man's whole beard goatee situation? Yeah. He's not listening to anyone. Ooh. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> he has told himself that he is the shit. He don't have to listen to nobody. Okay? It's true. And he had another child in the um in the live in the comments like go ahead daddy <laughs> oh Teddy Riley <laughs> oh all right did anybody watch I'm sorry we're gonna wrap this up but did anybody watch the Gospel Wars with has no. John P Key um I tried I to watch part of it that sound was trash it was mm-hmm. it was my mother joined Instagram to participate are you kidding. You're not kidding. That's adorable. Mm. Oh, Miss Candace, that's adorable. Was, <laughs> was it worth her time? Did she enjoy her time there? Yeah, she got her life. Teeny got her life too. <laughs> you didn't get yours? No, he I left. He either. First of all, Jessica <laughs> <laughs> Walker's clean inside was my solo when I was in the church. Um, but I was not there for it. I had to go home because, you know, I spent like multiple days at a time at my mom's house. Mm-hmm. So I had to go the fuck home because I was like, look, I'm watching the Michael Jordan show with my husband and... Yes, the Michael Jordan show. We have to discuss all of the basketball tea. 
Oh God. Okay. Yeah. I won't. I won't do this again. I gotta find a Facebook group where they're only discussing. No, I'm going to catch up so we can talk about it. Don't worry about it. It's so good. And you know who else I fucking love? Um, what is his name? Phil Jackson. I'm Iconic. Gonna... Yes. I love. I love Phil Jackson. Like I love Phil Jackson so much. I love '90s Phil Jackson. I, I should say. That Al was like, well, you know, I have a beard too. And I said, babe, this is not about you. This is about <laughs> Phil Jackson. What? First of all, I have a beard too. It's taking me out. Because, <laughs> because he said that, like, excuse me, we look alike. <laughs> we both look, I look like Phil Jackson. No. Nope. I have a beard too, so you don't have to worry about Phil Jackson. But like, you know, I'm no, just giving, we can shut the hell up. I married you, shut up. <laughs> also, he deserves better. He does. Aww. Oh, look at you. Are oh, you just going to stand up with your face, with your mouth open? Close your mouth. It's fine. <laughs> 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 the worst to each other. <laughs> he deserves better. It's cool. It's totally cool. But Phil Jackson, having them do like yoga and all kinds of stuff to play as one bitch, I loved it. The Michael Jordan show is fucking incredible. That's not what it's called. Hey, hey, I don't keep calling it called. that. I don't care what it's called. I let you name shows wrong all the time. But you are the sports reporter, remember? <laughs> oh, did you forget? Oh, you forgot. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay. I'm reminding you. You you do the sports report. Okay. So what I'll do next week, next time, is a full-on sports as fuck recap. You can't get no help, though. You got to do it by yourself. I don't need help. Is that good? I'm telling you, Michael Jordan is one of the only people I feel understands me. I'm I don't think he understands you. He doesn't understand you. It's happening. I think you need about 30, 37 million dollars before he can start to even think about you. No, no, no. Not money, Wumi. <laughs> <laughs> then you don't understand Michael Jordan. Then what, you don't I'm, understand. what I'm communicating is I no, am what I'm, what I'm, I'm telling you the reality of the I situation. am the Michael Jordan of Shea Butter. We understand. Turn my mic off. Turn my mic off. <laughs> I mean, she, she's, she's not wrong on that. She's the Michael Jordan of Shea Butter. She's not what? wrong on that. But you're not, you're not on Michael Jordan's level, is what no, I'm saying. Financially, no. So, so the, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So you can't, like, have a conversation with him yet. That's all I'm saying. I'm okay with that. I just want to discuss his leadership. Like, God, this motherfucker. He was really, I mean, he was kind of like, kind of sticking him. Like, if I was a bull, I might have fucked with him for real. He's like, yeah, I just went knocking the door. They were like doing drugs and getting drunk. Okay, so so I, before you before you continue on, uh-huh. um, do you feel like you have to be likable to be a good leader? No, not anymore. Oh, okay. Michael Jordan. Not since, not since when? Since Michael Jordan. So since yesterday, not since yesterday. Um, a week ago. <laughs> the first episode was. 
annoying. <laughs> annoying. <laughs> I am so annoying. Yeah, but he didn't care about being like, he let Dennis Rodman go on a mid-season vacation to Vegas, and he had to go get him. That's bananas. That's bananas leadership. But was that, was, was that him being liked or disliked? It was him, well, I didn't look at it that way. I looked at it like, this is a leader. And he said, this person needs to go do this. We know he's okay. not going to come back when he said he would. Let's go get him. And when he came back... So, I'm asking you, is that him being liked? Is that him acting to be liked or him acting to be disliked? When he what went, do, what do you think his priority was? I think Michael Jordan's priority was winning, and it was not about being liked. I think you're right. So winning isn't necessarily about being right. Is that what you're saying? Don't point at me! (laughs) (laughs) I like the leadership lessons I got from Michael Jordan, and I'm looking forward to this coming Sunday night. Like, I, okay, let me tell you, I, I enjoyed it so much. I watched Insecure Monday morning. Oh. Yeah. Michael Jordan's show had my full attention from 9 to 11. All right. I'm about to go watch it now. I'm going to catch half an episode and I'm going to just watch the rest another day. I cannot wait to discuss it with you. Oh, my God. So good. So good. Okay. Um, Adama, do you have any parting words? Do you want to tell people where they can find you and shit like that? Yes. Um, yes, I will start with where people can find me. The easiest way to find me is on Instagram at dreamleaplive. That's where the real party is. Every Tuesday at 6 p.m. I go live, 6 p.m. Eastern. Um, that would be the easiest way to find me. I want to say that, um, the easiest way to make space in your life for your version of success and for the goals that you want to achieve is to stop trying to be superwoman and start being super intentional. Those are my parting words. And I want to thank you for being present and staying open and thank you all for this podcast. Y'all are awesome. I love the way you show up on this. I love how much fun we are able to have just listening to your podcast. So thank you for this. God damn. Thank you for being here. That is so kind. Thank you so right? much. Yes. And y'all are so awesome as sisters. That's so fucking crazy. <laughs> your parents have got to be so proud. Like despite I like her a little bit. I like her a little bit. Yes, definitely despite the cursing, your parents have got to be so proud of you. <laughs> Hey, you know, you did you did not remind me about Ramadan this year. I wasn't bringing it up. <laughs> oh, oh, wait. Now you have a boundary? No, because I have been looking at my old Facebook status and, and just cringing. Okay. All right. So I'm just acting like it's not even happening. Okay. Okay. I'm I was on the phone with Bella the other day and um, she was like, uh, you know, I was talking to her daughter and... Uh, 
Yes, beautiful Sophia Rose. And so um, she was like, yes, it's Auntie Wumi. Say hi, Auntie Wumi. And then she said, tell her happy Ramadan. Oh, really? Happy Ramadan? Yeah. Hey, um, Bella, leave me alone. <laughs> leave me alone, please. She was like, no, it's okay. <laughs> he has to go. Mm-mm. My husband just FaceTimed me. He's saying hello, everybody. Can you see him? Hello, sir. <laughs> <laughs> hello, twin. Right. He's been very serious about face FaceTime. He does not care whether or not I have myself together. Oh. He said, well, you know I married you, right? I said, yeah, but I still like to be prepared. I don't want to just be just throw <laughs> into a FaceTime. You know what I mean? Like, what are we? Let's just talk on the phone. What are we doing? That's why I go between the um, he knows who he got, and then also he deserves better because you never. <laughs> it's it's somewhere in between the two, you know. Well, I haven't seen you in a few hours. I'm not ready. And then listen, but, but let her let her go home, and he act like you know. Oh, hey. You know, I just saw you a couple hours ago. Oh, Excuse me. Smoke in the city. Smoke <laughs> in the city, bitch. Oh, God. I have to get comfortable, you guys. I cannot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was never <laughs> What the fuck just happened? I took my wig off. This is one of my wedding wig options, and it's just like... <laughs> I live. I live. <laughs> All right. I'm going to bed. Bye, y'all. Good night. Thank you so night, much. I appreciate y'all. And, you know, happy yeah. Corona time or whatever the fuck is going on. Yes. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.